Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about the Empyrean Foundation, sort of giving my impressions of the event, how it's going, how it's landing at the end of the season. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live. Come on over to the live channel if you want. If not, if you're on YouTube, hit like, share, subscribe, and that little bell button and leave in a comment. That is really, really helpful to me. A lot of people have been doing that. And if you're trying to find me where I stream live, I'm not putting hyperlinks or saying the hyperlink names anymore because that seems to be something that makes YouTube unhappy. And we're trying to see if we can't get the videos to get a little more uh, recommendations than they're presently getting. So, Empyrean Foundation impressions. I, I, I'm going to kind of start and walk through why I do think fundamentally this is a good send-off to the season. Uh, they paired this with Inatam, which was, I, I believe, a better transitional time for the season compared to Undying Mind. Uh, I am going to talk a little bit about how I would like to see more of a gameplay tie-in it is a little bit tower heavy uh it is a little those little loot drop heavy in the tower so we are going to discuss that and then i want to end by talking about going forward because i do think when we think about seasonal content there's always going to be this top heavy element and then sort of a handoff element you start out the season strong you look at the season pass there's lots of stuff on it there's lots of stuff to do it's all new it's cool it's cutscenes blah 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 and then it downshifts and then there has to be some sort of a send off there has to be some sort of a, a passing of the baton to the next season and we just got today a trailer for for crimson days which it is a free event. It looks to be a lot of the same things we've gotten before with a couple of new decorative items and like the, the, the sparrows and stuff. So let's just talk about how I think this is a good send-off. I actually think from sort of a ground level, you know, just zooming out on it, I think this is a nice way to give folks a reason to come back and log in if there's been sort of a let's take a break or I'm burned out or you know I, I don't I don't really want to play as much right now this is a good thing to come back to you know if you've been if you've been kind of taking a break or maybe playing less it's like you know what if you've been grinding you've got all this fractal line saved up if you've been investing in these activities you now have you know sort of a reason to log back in and get a lot of stuff the top heavy nature uh, of the season and then ending with what I would consider to be a pretty rapid and high drop rate I think is good for the whole spectrum of player and what I mean is this if you were a top heavy player and you played like crazy that first month and maybe even a lot during the second month this is really good for you you have a lot of fractal lines saved up you're going to benefit from that you're going to be able to get a lot of that you know turnover rate on those weapon frames when you do start finally contributing to the foundation if you're doing what the rest of us are doing that are really going for maximization you know you're kind of uh, you're kind of going through that process of investing in the planets right now. What's well, great for you? If you're on that spectrum of a, of a more hardcore player, this is really, really rewarding for you. If you've been less hardcore, if you've been more casual, if you've played less, this is a great way to kind of catch up. It's like, you know what? I can kind of dig in a little bit more, do a little bit more of these bounties, and when I do finally start contributing to the foundation, I'll get a lot of these weapon frames that maybe I haven't really been farming for. So it's good for all along the spectrum. The low end of the spectrum can play catch up a little bit. The mid, the mid lane can do the the same thing and the hardcore players are going to just get buried i mean buried in loot which i think works really really well we i think by the end of this will sort of maybe feel a little bit of a fatigue with how many weapons we're actually getting i think that's one of the reasons why they tied a currency and legendary chard uh sink into this you can buy that exotic uh fractaline thing and turn that into planetary ones and that's costing you your legendary shards and your glimmer i think they're doing that on purpose to kind of balance this out because the more hardcore you are and the more you're doing and the more weapons you're getting the more you're breaking down and this is a good way to kind of siphon some of that off so you don't end up with 
just absolutely busting at the seams pockets going into the next season it's a good way to kind of bleed you dry a little bit uh, as you're doing this near the end because you're going to get really really full of legendary shards and 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 resources but not necessarily resources but you're gonna be getting so many stinking guns now in light of that i do want to talk about how a gameplay tie-in i think would be helpful there's not a strong tie-in here uh especially with inatam landing at the same time there could have been a little bit better of a tie-in and i think it would have been difficult to do this with the quantitative requirement they're requiring us to do such a high quantity of of donations and they tied the bounty completion to it you can only do about 400 at a time Having something that would have tied more into the sundial and maybe farming in a tam, I think would have been really, really good. Because um, right now, what we're primarily doing is going through the motion on the bounties, running skimmer, going running sundial just until you kind of get your weekly drop from it. You got to run it like two and a half times, three times, get your drop. I mean, it, may, it might go faster if you run legend. And then that's it. You're not really needing to do the gameplay. At least, at least folks are still needing to run their dailies from Saint and their weekly uh, bounties uh, from the Obelisk. Unfortunately, that's just more of the same of what we've already kind of been doing. That's very bounty heavy. So it would be kind of nice to say, hey, next time you guys do this, this sort of, this send off to the season, maybe tie to the activity a little bit more. Uh, you know, especially if you're going to do things like Undying Mine. Like Undying Mine shows up, no real reason to farm him. Inatam shows up, no real reason to farm him after the Triumphs. Having them drop something, Undying Mind, a really high drop rate of the Amago Loop would have been great. That would have been such a, a nostalgic and exciting injection. That's that's one gun. Uh, we talked about how Inatam could have dropped a sword, and off of the sword could have come the three colors of the three flare mantles that would have been something nice to capstone this to be like well i'm kind of sick of running bounties i'm kind of sick of the fractaline thing well then you could at least have gone to farm for an item or something from Inatam. recapturing that feeling i think would be good and these would be good times to do that it is the last month i mean in light of the fact that we got all the way here and there's you know there's more than four weeks left that's plenty of time to be like hey there's a new thing there's a new drop now you don't want to do go too crazy well hey there's a month left and we just added 10 weapons that are going away in a month you don't want to go too crazy but like a couple of things i think really would have tied it in better than just doing a lot of you know tower button mashing the other thing to consider here is getting god rolls like god roll farming in the tower is something i've been very cautious uh, against adding like a a re-rolling aspect and this is going to feel very much god roll dropping in the tower-esque of how it was in the past. You're just standing in the tower, mashing the button and, and getting God, you know, God rolls and guns, you know, left and right. The main reason I think that's okay is that'll be a really, really good example to people why it's really important to have weapon farms and weapon pursuits and activities that you go into to get guns. Really giving people, it's kind of like when you get caught smoking and the, the, the parents like, well, smoke the whole pack. And you're like, blah, and you don't want to do it ever again. This could be a similar spirit. You guys want to get re-rolls and god rolls in the tower? All right. How do you like it? And we'll do it for a couple of weeks and be like, okay, this is actually terrible. Pursuing guns in the game is better. And this would be a good way for people to see that, I think. Almost like forcing you to experience something that you think you're going to like and then you're not going to like it (laughs) so going forward some conclusions to think about going forward for future activities future send-offs future events like this it is great i think to have a seasonal crescendo of you're going to get tons of stuff it's going to be way way high 
on the reward rhythm compared to the rest of the season. Given that it's a month long, there could have been more of a newness to this time. Nothing is actually new other than Inatam. So there's no new loot. There's no new pursuits. There's nothing really new going on. This is all the stuff we've been doing up to now. It's the same weapons, the same frames, the same bounties. So I would say it's okay to save something for that final month. I know Bungie's probably very cautious about that given the logistical nature of the season pass content. They don't want something saved for that last month and then people feeling like, well, I couldn't play as much in the last month, so I really missed out on that. To a certain extent, I think they could get away with that. A month is a pretty long time. Four weeks is plenty of time to bring something new. As I said, they could have been very tasteful. You know, an Imago Loop and Undying Mind. You know, a, a certain really cool looking sword that maybe has all three elements on it from Inatam. Something to give you to chase that wouldn't be like this brand new giant loot pool, but something to make it feel a little bit more new because the, 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 I think... The, the seasons are going to start feeling very top heavy, then thin and then dangerously monotonous at the end. People be like well all we do at the end is just something that's more monotonous and something that's more mechanical to get tons of weapons. There's, I'm just cautioning here I do think the Empyrean Foundation is a good event I think it's cool. It's unique. Seeing it form in the tower, seeing it change on the on the director when you go to the Crucible node, I think is very, very cool. I like this event. I'm just kind of cautioning a little bit to Bungie to think through logistically, saving a little bit of capital for that last month. Maybe save a little bit. Save one or two weapons. Like keep them keep them out of arm's reach. We can't really get them until that final month to bring some of that newness factor. So the baton handoff and the increase of engagement in the crescendo at the end of the month at the end of the season would feel a little bit more fresh i get that they don't want to do certain things they don't want to waste certain things they don't want people to feel like they're they're not able to get it you know their hands on something uh, paul tassie's even theorizing about that right well, they're going to let us finish it early so people have more time to get the emblem and everything i think in was dope and i think this event's pretty good but i think a loot grind being attached to him or the event would be better to kind of fully make it more holistic and more fully orbed as that seasonal send-off sort of ending transition of this season's over, it's time to go into a new one. So enjoy the Empyrean Foundation and getting lots of loot and donating or contributing or investing whatever strategy you've been taking. And we're going to go to Q&A next. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live. As always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my talk about the Empyrean Foundation, my impressions of it. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now. If not, and you're on YouTube, you can hit like, share, subscribe, and the little bell button. We're going to jump right into the questions. Uh, and this first one is from Sage. How do you get Starfire Protocol? Man, we are killing it today with the first questions. Man, oh man, we had to restart. The uh, Starfire Protocol is an exotic that just sort of drops randomly in the game and you could maybe wait and buy it from Xur. This is an unbelievable comedy of errors. I'm just going to press on to the next question. Remorse91, what is the likelihood we will finish Empyrean this week? Um, I don't think, I don't think we're finishing it this week. It's definitely slowed down and they also didn't show us the last three goals. I think they did that because they didn't want us to either not hit it or hit it too fast. They're going to modify the, the, the unseen goals, uh, to either keep it going or ensure that we actually, um, get it done. Cause I would, <laughs> I would say that if you're, if, if we were too, if we were too slow, 
if we were too slow, then there would be obviously a big, uh, a bit of a bummer. And then if we were too fast, it would kind of be like, well, it's over. Um, so, and yeah, and the big guys aren't really donating yet. The big whales, uh, Ashen Hollow, so many guns and so little champion mods. What do you think is behind Bungie's decision uh, on allowing only a handful of guns to be useful during a season? Data collection, maybe. It's a variety of things. I think they like to spice things up and change things. They want people to like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna change it up this month. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something different. And because of that, I think that the re- the result is frustration but also freshness I actually think at this point though it's more frustration than freshness I don't think people are responding super positively to the idea that if you want to run a champion mod you've got to run you know a scout a bow pulse um overload is is nowhere to be seen in the game there's a very few places where the overload champions even show up so the auto rifle sure but it's generally scout bow and pulse and that's not I don't think that's super exciting for folks so I would think Hopefully they've learned enough to just allow champion mods to be on all primaries, but obviously Unstoppable would be on like hand cannons, scouts, bow, and then, you know, uh, anti-barrier would be SMG, auto rifle, pulse, and then overload could be another mixture of, of, of guns like that. So then you could just kind of run whatever you want. Um, and as I've said many times when this question comes up, if they want to change things and freshen things up, just run modifiers that make us change our loadout. You know, I am kind of surprised you asked this question, Ashen. You're here a lot, and I feel like I've given this speech a lot. Maybe you've somehow by a miracle missed me giving this speech about champion mods and primaries and, and everything I just walked through. I've, I've made this speech numerous times. Um, you might have just, I, by sheer luck, missed it. I have, and I have a whole video on this. I really took aim at the fact that I understand what they're trying to do, but I think the better result would be to open it up for freedom and then use modifiers to incentivize incentivize us to switch things up captain hash browns hypothetically what do you think bungie will do if we don't hit the final goal of the imperian foundation we will because they're going to set the final goal <laughs> to be something that we're going to hit like that's not even a possibility and i know people are like well, that's not a real contest then is it i mean I, it's it's for fun you know it's for fun it's not meant to be super serious bcb given the titles have a major aspect of the solo grind and achievement with the triumphs is it really wise move by bungie to make the very last triumph needed to be totally community dependent we've already had major community based event this season that could make the required donation 20k instead of 5k so say we've okay i'm done reading that this is not that big of a deal um this is not that big of a deal. First and foremost, this is not a single player game. So crafting stuff for single players isn't a super, super necessary thing. I get where you're coming from. You're like, well, titles are something that you focus on kind of as a solo player. I get that. I get that. But at the same time, I don't think this is a huge deal where, oh, well, the only way I'm getting this title is if the community does their thing. The community thing is going to happen. It's a given. So just ignore that one. You've done everything else required. So you are doing your solo contribution to get the title. They're not taking that away from you. You still had to do an awful lot. Uh, you still had to do an awful lot. Delete question nine. I'm presently reading it, it seems. Um, oh, it looks like you submitted it twice. I'll just skip right past it. Cruises. Do you think it's too convenient when you donate Fractaline that counts toward time loss bounty progress, or is this a better way? I don't think it's too easy. I think it's fine. I don't think it's meant to be... This is not meant to be hardcore aspirational content. As I said in the video, thank you, Soul. 
I think that this lands on a good spectrum. If you're a hardcore player and you have tons of Fractaline, you're going to get buried with guns. If you're more of a mid-lane player or more of a casual player, this is a great time to play catch-up. I do, I do. I think this is landing uh, well on the, on the community. It's a reason. How impactful is an event that you can't fail? Feels like the set parameters of the Mars event were better than having hidden stages that Bungie can tweak based on how well we do. Again, I believe you're making an issue out of a non-issue genuinely who cares at the scale this is okay at the scale of this event do you really feel a sense of like your individual contribution is needed or is it just something cool to go in and do and feel that you're contributing to do you see what i'm saying once you get into the billions and the trillions okay your contribution isn't like when we had to do i don't even know what the ones from ours were but I feel like we're creating an issue out of something that is not an issue. This is not meant to be the Olympics where we need to make sure what's the total, everybody contribute, put your backs into it, boys. We have to get this done. It, It's an experiment, okay? It's an experiment. And for them to be like, well, let's just roll the dice. Let's just put all the totals out there and hopefully they hit them. And they roll the dice and people go nuts and we hit it in a week. Or people slow down and we don't hit it. I, I I don't think either of those outcomes are ideal. It's not that big of a deal if there's a man behind the curtain. It really isn't. It's not a huge problem. You're you're logging in, you're playing, you're dumping Fractaline, you're seeing the total go up, and you're getting tons of guns doing it. You know, I, I don't I don't think this is worth. You know, th- this isn't even spilled milk. You know, the saying like "Don't cry over spilled milk." This isn't even spilled milk. It's like this is not an issue. Um. And I already kind of addressed this, you know, before I even got to this question. I just, I feel like people that are taking issue with kind of knowing that Bungie can, you know, change the goalpost, as it were, to keep, to make sure that we hit it and, or don't hit it too fast. I just, I really don't think this is something that that is, that is worth getting upset about or criticizing. Uh, Chillax says, if and when Trials comes back, do you think that there will be a PvP sandbox change with, and will Trials revive the game? Trials can't revive the game, never did, never will. PvP can't do that. PvP is, is, isn't the majority of the player base. It isn't what drives daily engagements. Um, it's never been a majority of the daily engaged player base. It's always been a, a smaller portion. It did really well in Shadowkeep, the best it's probably ever done. But it can't revive the game. No, and I don't think the game needs revived. If you're netting over a million players a day in February... I, I think you're in a pretty good spot. We're pretty far removed from new content and substantive content, and we've got a pretty healthy player base, and we have a healthy player base while PvP is floundering. Like, in the midst of PvP numbers going down, we're still netting close to a million players a day. I, I don't... That is that is that is not a game that needs reviving. Now, I'm going to tweak your question. Will Trials help revive PvP? No, it won't. If you're gonna if you're gonna want to point to that side of the game, the guy the, that's the side of the game that needs reviving or fixing. Trials is not gonna fix PvP. In my trials video where I talked about how trials may be coming back, I said the trials cannot save PvP. It can't. They need to focus on PvP as a whole and make quality of life adjustments as a whole. And trials can be a good capstone. 
it is not the savior of PvP. It would be a good capstone. There needs to be foundational fixes and changes made. Whether it's to skill-based matchmaking, team balancing, there's way too many uh, There's way too many game modes at a given time that splits up the player base. They've got to look at cheating, anti-cheat. These are all things that need to happen. It, imagine trials didn't even exist. Those things all need to happen. You need anti-cheat. You do. You need to look at some of the things that are that are that are kind of maybe a little bit out of balance, like handheld supernova and some of the other things that people are are are, are pinpointing. Dedicated servers isn't a possibility. It's not how the game is built. Stop asking for it. It's not going to happen. <laughs> um, I missed some subs here. Nine months from True Sage. Uh, thank you for gifting a sub to Anubis Gaming, and then eight months from Ulster Fry, and then a brand new sub from Lick My Toast. That's disgusting. Uh, thank you for the new sub, though. So you're not going to get dedicated servers. That's because the game, they're not going to rebuild Destiny 2. The Destiny 2 engine and infrastructure isn't built for Destiny for dedicated servers. So I'm just going to start telling people, stop asking for that. You're not going to get that. We might as well ask for things that are going to happen. So I think there's more fundamental things that need to take place. And trials can't save PvP or revive PvP because it's not a meat and potatoes day-to-day activity. It's it's an aspirational endgame game you know, weekend thing that I just, I don't think, I don't think we can look to it to be any sort of a saving, reviving presence. It can be a really, really good thing for Twitch and for spectators, but outside of that, it's not, it's not going to have the impact on the player base that I think people think it's going to. There are people that will say this and they believe it, okay? They will say this and they believe it, that trials kept the game alive and that is provably false it, it kept the game going on Twitch and certainly was the driver of viewership on Twitch on the weekends, but the player base numbers are in a complete refutation of that. Trials and the Crucible have never kept this game alive. They've always been a smaller portion. They've never been the majority. And in a, in a, very, in a very general sense, Trials is, is sort of like PvP's raids. PvP did not keep destiny alive and neither do raids they account for a smaller portion of the community logging in on a regular basis and playing they're not the majority so next question is from dark seraphim do you think that the community just likes to see progress that they can contribute to uh like we are currently is that why there was such a pushback with corridors well i mean here's what's here's what's always funny to me Everybody approaches every piece of content with like a demand list that kind of cracks me up. That you didn't know that this existed before. And now that it exists, you have demands of it. Do you see how weird that is? It's like, "Hey, we're doing this thing. Cool. I don't like it. It should have been done this way." Wait, what? What I don't understand. Um so Whenever, whenever you launch content in the game like Destiny, I think it's fine to critique it within where it exists. So I'll give you an example. When I critique raid design, raid philosophy, uh, the lack of specialized roles in raids, the lack of clutch moments because of the, the, the revive timers and stuff, I am critiquing raids within the realm of what a raid is and was in D1. But what I don't do is I don't come to raids with like this laundry list of demands that are outside of the spirit of what a raid is. And I feel a lot of times people do this. They're like, well, if it's a real event, it's a real goal, then they they shouldn't have, they shouldn't be adjusting into the background. Who the frick cares? 
why is that suddenly on your list of demands is that going to change anything no it's not by and large it, it would have been risked it would have risked changing that it wouldn't have done anything or we wouldn't have hit it or we'd have hit it too early right so when we look at the corridors of time, people are like, well, it should have been tracked in-game, and we should have seen the, 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 the map forming in-game. Okay, understand what you just did was you basically said it should have been a completely different event. Because we had to put the map together. You running to the end of a corridor and then standing there and pressing a button, and that building a map somewhere wouldn't have been a puzzle it wouldn't have been it would have been everybody checking a box and once enough people check the box oh we have a map do you see what i'm saying you're asking for a different event it it wouldn't it wouldn't have been a puzzle part of the puzzle was putting the puzzle together so a lot of the times people approach quarters of time which either they either got a complete false narrative from you know there were streamers and people with pretty big twitter followings using their platform to spread a false narrative that got shot down really fast so they all like tuck tailed and run and backtrack their contribution to the conversation which was humorous to watch or there were people that were like well i don't think i'm involved enough or i wish i could do more or i wish the map was being built in the tower i just you're asking for stuff you're asking for stuff that wasn't that wasn't number one probably wasn't technologically technologically possible okay do you really think that hologram in the tower wasn't already loaded into the hopper and as soon as something as soon as something triggers right like oh we hit a thing they just load the hologram that's not a map being built dependent upon johnny from north carolina playing and his map contribution coming in and hitting the map does that make sense like that that's that wasn't technologically possible because somebody tried to put me on blast they were like well Lono you said that wasn't technologically possible to track like faction rallies or the quarters of time in the tower do you really think that hologram is a refutation of my claim that is not a live tracking of what we're doing that is those are those are pre-selected pieces on a hologram that are getting unlocked as 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 we as we play okay so Every time folks approach something like Corridors of Time or Empyrean Foundation, I feel like we develop like immediate demands. And it's like, why not just enjoy it as it is? Now, on the back end, you can do what I did for Empyrean Foundation. What did I say? It's cool. Good logistical send-off. Here are some things that might make it better going forward. Maybe more of a tie-in. Maybe more of a tie-in to the actual uh, the content, the content loop, the activity, the sundial, right? This is a way to maybe improve it going forward. Instead of being like, well, what's the point? This is stupid. Or, oh, it should have been done this way. This is a waste of time. It's not even a real goal. Oh, this isn't a community event. They should have put it in the tower. It's like, I think there's a significant difference in intent and the spirit of saying, hey, going forward, it'd be cool. It, it maybe might be better or cooler if it was tied in to an activity instead of saying, oh, this is a complete waste of time. The goals aren't even real. Bungie can move the goals whenever they want. It's one is sort of just like a, a cynical pessimist. And the other is sort of a, hey, these are ways that maybe we could bring the game forward maybe we could improve things i just think so often it's the it's the way that people approach these events and their criticism where it just sounds like you have this completely arbitrary and personalized list of demands of the content as opposed to these might th- this thing might have made the content a little bit better i think there's very there's two very different ways that people approach this game in their criticism and it's funny that the people that approach the game in such a highly critical highly cynical way they're the ones that typically call me a bungee apologist when the reality is most of my content 
outlines ways to improve and make things better. I'm not just sitting here saying every event is perfect, everything is awesome. You know, everything is awesome. That's not my that's not my Destiny content. My Destiny content is actually usually very critical. It's just done in a way where because it doesn't jive with this idea that oh this they should have done it this way, they should have done it that way. I'm some I'm like some sort of an, a bungee apologist. So when you say like is this a pushback? Is this why there was such a pushback to corridor? It's like oh we can see the progress. I just I don't see how that that hologram or some hashtags on the uh, on the crucible like node. I don't see how that's that's significantly better or different. It's like what you're seeing you're seeing like a little meter fill and it's not live anyway. Uh, Callum says, "What do you think the worthy mission will be about? I have no idea. We'll probably go I think Paul Tassi predicted this, so I'm gonna give him credit. This is where I'm pulling this from. It'll we'll probably go to the original lighthouse as like a mission. We'll probably go there and like be like, hey, it's been built. And maybe run around and do stuff. I don't know. Captain Hash Browns, hypothetically, would you think that Bungie, what would they do if they complete the last goal of the Imperium Foundation? Oh, if we didn't, again, I we're, we're, they're not gonna allow that to be a, a result. Uh, Mickle, I know you're saying hypothetically. I don't. There's no. There's no point even discussing that. It's they're not gonna let. They're not gonna let us hypothetically not hit it. Uh, Mickle or Michael. Do you think there's a possibility the community realizing there's too much fractaline to donate and everyone just stops? No. Thank you for such a serious question. The real sticky. You've mentioned thinning the loot pool in the past. Do you think the community would be okay with Bungie starting by removing year one weapons? I'm I'm gonna stop right there because I know where this is going, and we've discussed this a ton- we have discussed this a ton. I generally think there should be a point in time where the loot pool gets pruned. I had a guy call me out on YouTube. He was like, if you're going to prune the loot pool only to make me chase weapons I already have, that's a waste of time. Okay. And, he, and he's like trying to put me on blast. Like, well, Ludo fails to understand here. No, 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 no. You're not even understanding my position. I have never said just prune the loot pool. Done. Problem solved. I have said full a fully orb solution here is to do new perks new potential roles maybe even new archetypes like the wave grenade launcher do that while also periodically pruning the loot pool and leaving things behind it is a both and situation and misrepresenting my position makes it a little bit easier to dismantle i i don't think that they should just take away your awestringer and have you grind for what amounts to another awestringer i that's a lateral upgrade you're not actually upgrading you're not actually getting anything new you're like well you took away my awestringer it's no longer upgradable or infusible or whatever and i'm just grinding for another one i've never argued for that I've always said new perks, perk innovation. I've really pushed for elemental perk innovation because I think there's more possibilities there with the you know the effect of solar and arc and void doing something to make perks less damage and reload focused and when they're doing that I do think sometimes there is room to do a pruning effect on the loot pool to make you leave things behind so that you're you're not constantly feeling like you're right now at the end of the season people are really going to see what I'm talking about they're going to see it in full un, there's not going to be a way around it you're going to see it you're going to have way way too many weapons and god rolls and this problem's gonna build and build and build and hopefully Bungie can basically pull the ripcord on a, on a weapons 2.0 to where similarly with armor 2.0 you just looked at all your armor that was not 2.0 and you're like 
get this out of here. I want the new stuff. If they can have that effect on the weapon pool and thin out some of the dupes and the blues and the whites and greens that are needless now, thin those out in the database so they give themselves some more space, I think that there could be a really, really good effect that that could have on the... I really want to go chase new stuff. And they didn't take loot away from me. They kind of motivated me to chase the new. We're going to continue to have a weapon bloat problem going forward. And I do think Empyrean Foundation is honestly going to really highlight that for folks. They're really going to feel like, oh my goodness, I this there's I have I have an unbelievable amount of guns. So, and not just guns, but an unbelievable amount of god rolls. JWR one. Uh, do you think they will raise the Imperium donation amount? 100 at a time seems tedious. I could see there being a button for 100 and there being a button for 400, but outside of that, I don't think they want people accidentally giving more than is needed to fill the frame bounties, if that makes sense. So I could see there being a button for 400 just to speed things up. Just ding. Cool, it completed all your frames. Just, just I don't know, just to speed things up. Because I don't think if they suddenly you could donate like a thousand at a time or all at once or something, you could make them people could make the mistake or not understand what's going on. Um, someone in chat is saying Dylan said it's basically not possible. It sounds like they just made a pure transaction of every contribution triggers a twenty five percent on the bounties, and if you gave a hundred or four hundred, the game would read that as one contribution and it wouldn't work, which is unfortunate. Coding one contribution of four hundred to trigger his four contributions would be nice, but it does. It seems like they might not be able to do that for you know for whatever reason. Um, Forza, how do you feel about this event basically being do exactly what you did day one bounties 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 bounties? I was done investing, donating, uh, and sundial within an hour. Now I'm done for the week. This is this is in line with my video. I do think a tie-in with the activity would have been better, especially because it landed with Inatam. So grinding Inatam for a drop, grinding Inatam for those. What if you could grind Inatam for those exotic things that you can buy? These things here, you can buy these for shards and uh, glimmer. It is called uh, light fused fractaline. This is basically the ability to go to a tower. Uh, I'm sorry, an obelisk on a planet and level it up. And when you level it up, it, it gives you resonance power. So this is this is like 200 fractaline. You're buying 200 fractaline, going to a planet and hitting it one time, and it levels up the, the, the planetary obelisk one time. So if Inatam had a chance to drop these, maybe have him dropping these at a really high rate on Legend or something, that might have been a better way, again, to tie into the content. Like, why are you running Legend Sundial? Well, I can get those th- I can get those things and have more to contribute. You know, having those drop, I think, and if from him would have been a good place uh, to start. Also, I think just having some for some form of a uh, of a gear farm with him would have been good in general. Sam is Sam is whim or Sam I swim. Do you think streamers' mental health would be at risk if they solely focused on the rise and decline of their media attention and sub counts? Okay, so this is related to a conversation we had leading to Q&A where we were talking about growth and luck and some guy called Goth an idiot and Goth's tweet was actually right on the money about how luck is a factor in growing and it was an unnecessary, you know kind of spiny disagreement it was thorny and they didn't need to they didn't need to disagree to the way that they did i think both both people had good contributions to the conversation um but 
I have always said this, you cannot let your metrics determine your your mental state. I don't like saying mental health, that's too all-encompassing. Uh, somebody misquoted me once on this, and I didn't want to get persnickety and split hairs. I've never said not to let your metrics determine your mental health. I've said, do not allow your metrics to determine your mental state. And what I mean by that is this. Your mental state can be comprised of moments throughout the week that when zoomed out and taken in, in, in a bigger picture, your your habits and your emotional trends, maybe maladaptive behavior, is one big picture then is your mental health. So your mental state in a moment is not your mental health but I I don't want to get too persnickety and picky here but um, so I've always said do not allow your mental state to be determined by your metrics because your metrics are all over the place all over the place one month your impressions on Twitter and, and videos and everything could be sky high and the next they could die down or plateau or slow down and that can almost make you feel like a schizophrenic or somebody with extreme bipolar where you have such highs and such lows and the real risk here is we are the content to deny that we are the content is to deny that we are content creators like you are the content i see so many people trying to slice this and i'm like no 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 no. it's okay to admit that you are the content that's fine People being like, I am not my job, I am not my content. Stop that. You are. You are the content. Your voice, your personality, your sense of humor, your jokes, your your attitude, your anger, your happiness, all of those things are interwoven into the content, okay? And trying to slice that in a fake way or some like brute force, like, I am not my content. No. The reality is, is that your content high and low, your success of your content high and low does not devalue you or it does not increase your value as a person. And I think this is the problem. This is where you see the the arrogance and the paranoia and the backbiting and the betrayal and the people that will slander and try and hurt somebody else's reputation because they feel their value is so so linked, okay, so linked to their success that they have to protect it because that is self-preservation being sort of activated by assigning way too much. Their value is so interwoven into their brand and their content that it's almost a version of self-preservation, which is why they will cut corners and do things that are mean and hateful and unethical. Why? Because self-preservation overrides your ethics and your morals. You're not going to think in the instance, if your life feels threatened, you're not going to think in that instance, what's right or wrong, right? Self-preservation is going to override everything, fight or flight, right? You're either going to fight or run. Like you're going to do whatever it takes to self-preserve. And that's one of the biggest dangers in this industry. And I've seen it so many times, time and time again. Some of the most successful people are some of the most miserable and horrible people that you will meet. And they put on a good show, and they put on a good face, and they do all these good things. But the truth of the matter is that they have they have interwoven their brand and their success so much to their own value, they don't even see it. There is so much self-preservation woven into the way they approach everything. They don't see how horrible they've been. They don't see it. And I think the other end of the spectrum, so those are successful people. 
you can be super successful in this environment and it can literally be terrible for you. It can be one of the worst things that can happen to you to be successful in the entertainment business, okay? Also, on the other end of the spectrum, unsuccessful people in this industry, it can be terrible for you. You can feel awful, you can lose your friends, you can lose your relationships, it can hurt your it can hurt your your actual traditional job that's paying the bills while you're trying to be successful at this. It can literally throw you into bouts of depression, terrible anxiety, you can suffer from all kind of things because you are so so wanting to be successful at this and you constantly feel feel devalued by your lack of success. So on either on either spec end of the spectrum if you are attaching your own value to the success of your channel you will become a villain if you are successful and you will become you will become an empty shell of a person a debt you you will die if you if you if you are unsuccessful if the the way i heard it phrased once is that if all that matters is success to you if that is all that matters is being successful and and making tons of money getting it will go to your head and being denied it will go to your heart. And I'm telling you, it will you can you will see this. You will see this. It is so clear. It is so clear to see. And wherever you are along the spectrum, whether you are making it, whether you are experiencing success or you're still grinding or you just can't quite figure it out or you you've made it, you've ascended. You're very very oh my gosh. I'm telling you, it can be one of the worst things that happens to you. You can turn around and be like, "Who have I become?" and a lot of what I'm saying is is only is only because I've really, really uh, gone through almost two years of therapy where growth and self-awareness, uh, growth in your own your own damaged state, your own need of healing from things that have happened to you. Everybody's got their own story. We're all very, very complex. And so we always want to whittle people down to succinct statements. We do this with celebrities all the time. Oh, I heard that person's an a-hole. Oh, I heard that person's a saint. Oh, they're so good. They're so great. No, not really. They're neither. They're very complex. And they're <laughs> they're they've experienced a, a litany of things. They've experienced they've experienced a million things in a in a day before they've even met you and shook your hand and rubbed you the wrong way or made you feel cool. Like the the, the idea that we can whittle whittle people down to such such succinct statements is just so unfair and we we label people in like this disney princess view of reality where they're either they're either evil or they're this person and this saint on a steed and the reality is so much more complex than that there are no saints and and there are no people that are like it just evil from their bottom all the way down to their core um so and I think, and I think it's so related, I think often to the way that people view their success, the highs and lows of their metrics, the highs and their lows of their brand and their content, uh, and their, and, and their, their media presence can so much take a person to the depths of despair or to the heights of evil and arrogance. And man, you got to be careful. Um, so I usually don't like taking questions like this, but I, I just, more and more seeing some of the things and trends that have happened and 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 folks that that are either having a really 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 high time or they just seem very unhappy even though they've made it and they feel like they constantly have to kind of like hurt and harm and cut others down it's you start to really understand why that's happening i think uh 10 10 i'm not sure how to say this one extendo 
what do you think of Stompies? I don't see enough people talking about these. They are so dominant on console and PvP because of the FOV and playing on a controller. The speed and height of the jump is basically blink without drawbacks of blink. I don't know enough to comment on this one. I have seen it mentioned. Um, I have seen it mentioned. I have. And the 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 content and the contribution to that discussion is probably better left to higher level players and, and people that are more of an expert in the PvP realm. I have seen it brought up. I have seen commentary from streamers. Uh, I know Crafty was talking about them. So there's probably something that might need to be done. This is going to come down to that difference between console and PC though because PC players are going to be like, what the frick are you talking about? Um, so next question. 666 string theory do you believe Bungie is hiding the tier 7 fractaline donation number because they will keep it moving yes I believe it's it's not being shown to us so they can keep the event going and also ensure that we get it <laughs> uh, fully nar something fully nars uh, nars do do you think the twitch market is already oversaturated in general yes feels like trying to enter the music industry at this point agree high effort and advanced skill level equates to small chance to success yeah anybody who asks about what i do um i always tell them that i got very lucky i made a lot of right calls that i didn't know were right calls at the time and to have success in this industry now is like trying to get into movies television or music it's becoming very similar the the as goth put it in his tweet the gold rush is over okay so now you got to really have a breakout moment you got to have like a viral moment you got to be you got to have some some luck's got to land in your lap which is why i constantly tell people focus on the content you're creating focus on the quality the value doing something unique doing something new so that those are like little lightning rods that you're putting out there hoping that the lightning hits. If you're just going to play video games, if you're just going to do what everybody else is doing, there's no lightning rod attached to that. There's no possibility of a viral moment. Even if a really funny clip happens to you in a game, that's not enough. There's got to be more layers of creativity, innovation, and entertainment in what you're doing. And I think that is like attaching little lightning rods to your brand and to yourself increasing the likelihood of a viral moment of a luck moment or people being like this is cool this is unique and I want to watch this King Coleslaw hey man I was thinking about playing Destiny but I'll be starting from scratch is it worth it there are some barriers I think they've made it really easy you start at 750 power playing through the campaign levels you up pretty quickly they've made that element of it accessible it is going to be like drinking from a fire hose if you try and do all of it there's tons of campaign they don't make it super straightforward about how all that works so if you could find some people to kind of walk you through it I think it's a great experience they've made it very easy with the free to play entry point for you just to try it Listen, truth be told, when a content loop hooks you, you're going to put up with the warts of the game. Every game's got warts. You know, people say that like, oh, you know, you got to you got to love this person or this country or this team warts and all right. Warts and all is like a statement that means you love them in spite of their flaws. Right. And if the content loop of a game can hook you, you will you will dig in and you will deal with its warts. So as a new player, some of the warts and some of the, the problems or some of the 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 not so great things about destiny right now is it is very very dense for a new player there's so many things to do and it's hard to know what to focus on if you try it out because it's free to play why not if you try it out and you go through some of those preliminary things 
if you go through some of those preliminary things and you decide that the content loop is good enough for you to kind of push through and deal with it, then you're you're in like Flynn. You're gonna like you're gonna really really like your experience. I don't think there's any you're not gonna lose anything by trying out the game. In general, when you play a game, the first 20 minutes, that's largely what you're going to do for the next 200 hours, just in different versions. You're going to shoot bad guys and use your abilities to get loot. That's it. And if you enjoy shooting those bad guys, using your abilities and getting loot, if you enjoy that delivery of, of, of entertainment from Destiny, you'll you'll be willing to put up with some of the, some of the rough, you know, early game hurdles I can play a game within an hour I know if I'm going to like it or not I can just tell what's what's the player feedback feel like what's the what's the gameplay loop feel like what's the combat feel like what's the progress feel like what, what kind of stuff am I getting to feel like I'm stronger moving advancing progressing and if if the content loop doesn't hook you like the first time you get in a fight in God of War you're like oh I'm in I'm doing, I'm, I'm beat. this is gonna, and you get to work, and you're thinking about it, and you can't wait to get home, you wanna jump back in, you wanna try some new stuff, you wanna move that skill tree, but if you jump in within an hour or so, you're like, yeah, I'm not really, this isn't really for me, well, and you, no harm, no foul, you tried the game out, and you didn't like it, so you're always better off with a game like Destiny, of jumping in, and if the content loop hooks you, then, man, you have a wealth of content to play. There's, there is so much to do if you're a new player. There's so many things to do. All oh, the strikes will all be new to you. The planets will all be new and fresh. The lost sectors, the adventures, the loot drops, the subclasses. It's all new. It's all new to you, right? And if you like the content loop, that feel that you get within the first 30 minutes to an hour, you are, you got it. You got a great game in front of you. And if not, not no big deal. It's not for everybody. Not every game is for every person. Uh, Chief Pogchamp. I noticed that for the past two seasons, the content's been similar. Short story, two exotic quests. What do you think Bungie could do to get us out of this cookie-cutter trend uh, for the seasons? Man, I don't feel like Shadowkeep and Undying was similar to Dawn at all. You're zoomed out on a calendar. In the game, I was doing very different things in Shadowkeep and Season of the Undying. The Lectern, the Nightmare Hunts, the Raid, uh, the Moon. I... I you know what I'm saying? Like, I Season of Dawn feels very different. I feel like I'm I'm doing more stuff on the planets, more public space stuff. I was going into strikes more, adventures more, and then going into the sundial. I actually don't think experientially Season of Dawn felt anything like Season of the Undying. I think that's a, I don't think that's an accurate statement. Now it's subjective. You may be like, oh, it felt like the right way to me. You're seeming to pinpoint the logistics of the schedule and the and the calendar more than the the gameplay. Um, can't add Shadowkeep to Undying Untying and Dawn were alike I can and will add Shadowkeep to Undying because that's what I was freaking doing for the two months of Undying T-Funk to look at to look at Shadowkeep and Undying and be like well you can't include that Lono you can't include that you gotta erase that from your memory get out of here no that's what I was doing for two months Undying was understandably thin because it was attached to a DLC so that's not fair to be like oh well it was very samey no it wasn't Vex Offensive didn't feel like Sundial. The Weapon Grind in Vex Offensive didn't feel like Sundial. And the way that I progressed Sundial and the Obelisks were completely different than what I did for Vex Offensive. Obelisks had me going into strikes, 
adventures, lost sectors, public spaces, public events, material grinds. I wasn't doing any of that for Vex Offensive. It was a very different experience. Even if I were just to compare the Season of the Undying and Season of Dawn, they're very, very different. And it's not fair to be like, well, you can't count Shadowkeep. I will, because I was that, that was part of the package. The reason, the reason that that Undying was so light is because it was attached to a DLC. That's not fair. Judge it in its own vacuum. That that doesn't work. It was understandably thinner because of when it when it launched. That would be like getting all the way to the summer and comparing something like Opulence to Undying. Undying landed with a DLC, an annual DLC, an annual expansion. Um. I don't think they felt the same. I don't think they feel like the same at all. And if you're gonna say, "Well, Vex Offensive and Sundial are many are many horde modes," that's all. Okay. Well, buckle up. Court of Oryx. Court of Oryx. Archon's Forge. Okay. You know where I'm going with this. Sundial. Escalation Protocol. Blind Well. Re- well, not Reckoning. Reckoning is more linear. Menagerie. This is Destiny. <laughs> That's destiny. That's destiny content. Prison of Elders. It's we what it's this isn't new. This isn't new territory. It's all samey. Altar of Sorrow. Right. Like it's all samey. That's what you're going to do. You're going to go into an area. They're going to throw ads at you. And you're going to kill those ads. There's going to be some type of mechanic. Then there's going to be some majors. And then there's going to be a boss. That's destiny. That's the content loop we were just talking about. That's the content loop. Oh, I can't believe this Metroidvania platformer, dude. I just keep going into rooms where there's 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 enemies and platforms and walls and puzzles to solve. Yeah, that's what the game is. That's it. That's Destiny. They're not going to be able to create like this idea. You're making categorical like uh, I don't even want to call it. It's you're taking something that's categorical necess- categorically necessary and acting like it's a problem. If they're going to create a piece of content that is there for you to play on a loop, you keep going back in and doing it, it cannot be a linear mission. By definition, that wouldn't be that wouldn't even be sensible. So you're going to take six people into what? Something that's like linear? Reckoning was kind of linear, but ultimately that's what you're doing. You're moving from one spot to the next and fighting waves of enemies. Even in Reckoning, Reckoning is far more linear and far more unique compared to virtually all of them. Like, if you look at Blindwell, Sundial, Menagerie, Escalation Protocol, they all feel very samey, and Reckoning is probably the most, the one that's the most divergent from that. But by and large, if it's meant to be a content loop, like I'm going to go play X activity, they've always had to kind of structure it that way. Because the alternative is what? An adventure. What? No, that wouldn't work. A strike. Nope, wouldn't work. Small fire team linear mission based that ultimately is very horde driven anyway. You go into a room and stand your ground, and then go into another room and stand your ground, and go into another room and stand your ground. Uh. <laughs> And the story missions too, like even story missions are very much like that. What did you do for the What did you do for the the missions with uh, Saint Fourteen? What'd you do? You went into a room and you stood your ground and you fought enemies. And then after you fought some enemies, a major came out, a couple more majors, and then a boss came out. It's it's the same. <laughs> it's it's all the same. We've joked about this, Jim Gaffigan jokes about how Mexican food it's the same ingredients prepared a thousand different ways. It's a tortilla with meat cheese and vegetables it's always that whether it's a fajita a taco burrito or quesadilla it is a tortilla with meat cheese and vegetables destiny is mexican food 
it's the same ingredients wherever you go it's a room with trash ads majors mechanics and a boss every time every time (laughs) every single time wherever you go in destiny whether it's a raid or a lost sector it's a room with trash ads majors some mechanics and a boss Destiny is just Mexican food. It's the same ingredients shaken up and prepared in different ways. Except for PvP, obviously. Pretty sure every MMO is like that? Precisely. That's why every time this comes up, people are like, I'm just so tired of these horde mode pieces of content. I'm like, do you do you play Destiny? What? <laughs> like it'd be like going to a mexican restaurant be like do you have anything that doesn't include tortillas a meat or a cheese or a vegetable i'm kind of tired of that they'd be like what are you doing here that's what we have (laughs) that is what we have here to give to you this is a restaurant with tacos and burritos and fajitas and quesadillas and those are the ingredients we use to make those meals if you're going to come to destiny you are going to get that style of content so it's not a criticism it's not a it's not a deficiency in the content it's that's what destiny is that's what it's been since the first time you walked into that room and you picked up the kvastov to now that's destiny it's a room with trash ads majors mechanics and bosses that's it and then obviously there's loot (laughs) so 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 when everybody does this I, i i i hear what you're saying i think it 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 might be more that you're you're playing destiny too much maybe you're bored maybe you're experiencing franchise fatigue it's not an indictment of the content because the content's always been like this it's not an indictment of the content because it's just it's always been like this it's not somehow suddenly deficient for them to deliver a loop of content that has those pieces and parts if you ate tacos every day for a month and then you went in and you're like okay let me try let me try a burrito and you're like this is just so similar to those tacos i've been eating is it a problem with the burrito or is it the problem that that you've just been consuming tacos every single day and it creates this palette of nothing can really impact your palate now that's 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 even close in proximity it's like this is so close in proximity to what i have been consuming so my palate is like immune to it does that make sense somebody for whatever reason i have a video called stop playing destiny and it's i made it in 2015 it's almost five years old it was in november of 2015 so later this year it'll be a five-year-old video and this was two months after taking king launched and i was basically telling people the same thing then that i've been saying now you're, you're, you're playing so much that there's nothing to do. You're bored. It's okay to take a break. The funny thing is, I said that at the end of 2015, and there was nothing on the horizon. Bear in mind, after taking King, at that point in time, November when I made that video, there was nothing on the horizon. There was no season. You didn't get, no, you didn't get a season of Dawn back then. There was not some season on the horizon in the spring and the summer. There was a measly April update, and then nothing till Rise of Iron. So even back then, though, I was having the same discussion with folks. It was just like, you, you, you may just need to either take a break or, or, or go away or like, you know, t- play some other games and then come back and it'll feel fresh. I'll give you a really good example of something I did recently. I played Hollow Knight 
and I, I finally got into a, 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 a lane with Hollow Knight where I really enjoyed it and I loved it I played every square inch of it the only thing I didn't do was the DLC okay and then I went and played Ori in the Blind Forest I love Ori I beaten Ori like three or four times I did a 100% playthrough uh, on, ho- on normal and I did it in like six and a half hours and then I went to Sundered and I couldn't get I couldn't get my footing in Sundered I love Sundered I recommend Sundered all the time to people but I was like Kind of, I kind of want to play something else, and it wasn't Sundered's fault. I had been consuming Metroidvania platformers in such high quantity that when I got the Sundered, I was kind of like, eh. it's like having, it's like having, it's like having the same food over and over again. Be like, well, I don't want to have that right now. I want to have this instead. I want to, I want to go out. Let's 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 stop going for tacos. Let's get burgers. Let's. Well, I'm sick of pizza. Let's get let's get Italian or or Mexican or whatever. And so I think that that's a perfect example of like Sundered is a great game and I love Sundered, but I just couldn't find a place to enjoy it because I had been playing too much in that genre. And I just, I wonder if a lot of what people are saying is couched in that. I, I was, I was watching my footage from the 2015 video of the gameplay and I was in that strike where there's a tank in the room, and after you kill the tank in the room, there was sometimes that cabal guy that would show up, <clears throat> like a cabal major, and there was like the jet flames that could burn you when you went over them, and when it was a solar, when it was a solar burn strike, it would kill you like right away. And I was, uh, is, is that Shield Brothers? It might be Shield Brothers. And I was amazed. I was amazed at how much better the game is now. <laughs> I was amazed. I was like, I, we're stronger now. We feel faster. The guns, the movement, the abilities. There's so many cool things we could do now that we couldn't do back then. You know? And I I was like, man, the game has come so far. The game really is good. There's so, there is so much to do. And people are like, yeah, but there's no reason to do it. Okay, but there was no reason back then to do it either. We did it because it became our hobby. We fell in love with the game. We fell in love with Destiny. There was no reason to get God Roll, Imago, Loops, Grasp of Malox, or Tier 12 builds, but we did it because it was our hobby and we loved it. And I think two things have happened. I think we've played other games and we've decided that there are other games that are worth playing. <laughs> and back then, there wasn't much, honestly. There was a lot of gaming droughts back then. There really was. Destiny landed at a time where there wasn't a lot of great stuff to play. There wasn't. It was a very vacant and dry time for good substantive gaming. Uh, there was a lot of bad launches back then. So I, I think now there's been better launches. We've had great experiences. We played games like God of War and Spider-Man. We've played Horizon Zero Dawn. We've played the, the recent Jedi Fallen Order. You know, we've played all these other games and we're like, oh, it, these other games are actually pretty good and we've also been playing way longer than we were back then two or three years in you know okay take a break get a little burned out we've been playing this game for half of a decade five years and I just think sometimes people just get burned out and they they erroneously determine that the content just isn't good enough and it's like if I gave my if I gave my daughter a certain type of gift every year. Let's say I give her like a, a stuffed animal, okay? And the stuffed animal I gave her five years ago was very basic. It was just like a teddy bear, but she loved it. She carried it with her everywhere. And then I gave her another one. It's a little bit cooler. Maybe it talks, right? And she takes that with her everywhere. The fifth year, it would be understandable for her to think, 
I'm kind of sick of teddy bears. It wouldn't matter how cool, how pretty it is. It could get up and walk around and say her name and 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 literally it could it could bring her snacks. It wouldn't matter. It'd be like, I'm sick of teddy bears. So the increase in value and the coolness of the teddy bear wouldn't matter. It'd be like, I'm sick of teddy bears. So a lot of the value increases and a lot of the things that have gotten better, a lot of the things that have gotten better in Destiny, I think are going unnoticed or are being diminished by folks that are just sick of playing. They're just played too much. And breaks help significantly, I think, in that regard. That's a really long answer. But this keeps coming up. The horde mode thing keeps coming up. And I just think it gets so overstated. It gets so overstated because that is destiny. And truth be told, if you analyze Sundial and you compare it to Archon's Forge and Court of Oryx, it is light years ahead of those encounters. It is light years ahead of what those games, what those, what those encounters and what those loops felt like. It is so much better. Sundial is just is is in another stratosphere of value and 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 fun and diversity and dynamics and loot delivery it's in another stratosphere but it doesn't matter you're just like i'm just kind of sick of horde mode no no you're kind of sick of destiny it doesn't so you don't feel the value increases you don't go go back do it do it do it tonight boot up d1 and go play archon's forge in court of works go do it go do it and you'd be like ban Lono is right. The game has come so far and we just don't see it. It's like we've been inoculated to the value increases. We're numb to it. I would, but 30 FPS. I know that's 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 an unfair for folks that are on PC. That is unfair. It's hard to go back to the lower frame rate. Eknor. Sorry if I already mentioned, do you think the weapon bounty progression is a big mistake because I didn't even play, I don't even play the game now. They're giving enough currency with enough exotic fragment, no incentive to play the game now. I kind of land in two places on this. I do think getting god rolls in the tower is risky. I do think getting god rolls in the tower is risky. I think tying it to the gameplay would have been better, but I do think it's good because it allows mid lanes and casuals to catch up. It allows hardcores to really reap the benefits of their of their grind. And you are going to be very, very ready to play content for loot after the end of the season. You're going to be like, oh, what is the new activity? Holy frick. I am sick of standing in the tower. I am sick of standing in the tower and and getting god rolls, right? Um, so, I I do think it'll have like almost like a subversive effect of... I, the, the, the example I gave was, your dad catches you smoking a cigarette and he makes you smoke a whole carton and you throw up and it's terrible and you never want to see another cigarette again in your life. Because you think smoking's cool. Well, people that think getting god rolls in the tower are cool or re-rolling or buying god rolls in the tower would be cool, yeah, just wait. Couple of weeks of this and you're going to be begging for content to run to, to be like, I would much rather be doing something and getting god drops, god roll drops, getting loot drops. So. <clears throat> Luke Smith stated that updates to balancing would be better outside of Activision's control as well as in the vid doc to Shadowkeep. They said the conclusion of the season would evolve the world. Endgame content focus is nowhere to be seen, no reason to run things. I can keep going if you want. 
Um, if you're cherry picking things to try to act like, like I, I think you're trying to like make a lot of smoke with not a lot of fire about how like they've been misleading. Um, it is going to evolve the world. We are changing things in the game. Potentially, we're building a lighthouse that'll create an entire game mode. So you're wrong there. Number two, the story is continuing to move and change, and new things are happening. All of a sudden, Osiris is back. Um, and Osiris isn't just back. Osiris came back and we brought back Saint-14. Um, so that's been happening. As far as updates and balancing would be better outside of Activision's control, I don't know if he ever specifically said, now that we're not under Activision, we're going to be able to do more th- with balancing and, and do and do a better job of that. I, I, I don't know if he, if he said that anywhere. And there's a lot of arguments to be made right now from folks like True Vanguard and others, there have been many who have said this is one of the most balanced times the the the, the loot pool in the meta has been. So, it's subjective. You're going to try and claim things are a mess and things are imbalanced right now and use your opinion, your subjective opinion, as an indictment of Luke Smith's claims when somebody else might come along and say, dude, the weapon meta has actually never been more diverse. You don't have to run a particular meta. You don't have to run a particular gun build or loadout or exotic. There were times where you literally had to run certain guns and certain builds and certain metas to even want to compete. And it's not like that. Things are more balanced, it seems, from there's a lot of people who think this. They think it's actually not ever really been this balanced. It was always heavily slanted towards a particular style of play or build in the past. And it's not like that. So... All of that to say your indictment and your charge is weak. Like I said, a lot of smoke, no fire. You're just, you're rubbing sticks together, man. You're making smoke to be like, oh man, they've been misleading. Luke Smith, Luke Smith said stuff that didn't rain true. And it's like, that's just a lot of smoke with no fire, man. You're, you're, you're cherry picking comments he made, extrapolating larger conclusions from them than, than you, than you probably should. And, and arguably there's evidence in the game that those things have happened and are happening. So... Next question. Um, Kakita. Is there a time limit, maximum time to complete the Sundial Initam Legend difficulty? Uh, yeah, until the... Uh, I would say in until the season's over. <laughs> um, now, now this your question might have more to it. I don't think Initam's rotating. I think he's here to stay because if you didn't get... There were three bosses up to this point. Solar Void and Ark. And if, let, let's say you didn't kill one of them and you didn't get the Triumph for the arc guy if you run in a tam right now you'll get credit for it because you actually kill the arc guy in the in a tam fight so i don't think the other bosses are coming back i think they are present in the in a tam fight so it's in a tam for the duration and the remainder of the season so uh you have until the rest of the season to get that to get that achievement because the sundial will close at the at the conclusion of the season so you're probably one going to get in there uh if you can so now be careful though you gotta actually probably land shots on or you gotta hit hit the hit the guy like if you gotta kill the arc dude when you get teleported be careful because teams are baking them (laughs) you might not get shots on if you're not paying attention it could uh um you could miss your opportunity so it might it might take a try or two if you got if you got a team that's baking them because they do they appear and they die really fast origami if against all odds Imperian Foundation would have nothing to do with anything trials at all, how would you feel about that? You're asking me it, it, to speculate about if the moon is made of chalk dust and cheese. Like, that's not real. <laughs> that's not going to happen. It's as clear as clear can get that trials is coming from this. So this is a way there's no reason to comment on this question. 
We were trying to short man it. We got kicked at 20 minutes. Oh, oh, you ran out of time? I don't think you get kicked. What are you talking about? You shouldn't get kicked from 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 sundial. You were trying to sun were you trying to do legend? Because legend has extinguished, so maybe there is like a time limit or something. Uh nature of freak. How do you feel about the Imperium Foundation being tied to li- to a, to the title? To me, was an individual achievement. We already answered that question earlier. Uh, T-Funk. Do you think this crescendo uh, for this event will hurt future seasons? The number of weapons and rolls I'm getting is the fastest ever in Destiny. Do you think Destiny will have to up the ante next season? I know people will... I know there are people that will chuckle at, at me saying this, but I do think Bungie knows what they're doing. I don't think they're going to... <laughs> There's not going to be some meeting where you're like, can you believe it? People are just swimming in guns. They've got tons of guns. What are we going to do about this? I, I don't think they're going to be taken by surprise by this. And so that kind of gives me hope. That, and I'm serious. It gives me hope. It, it means that next season, I'm looking for lots of new perks. Because that's going to be the only real reason and the only real way to outshine the ridiculous amount of god rolls we're going to be walking away with, okay? The other thing it gives me hope about is weapons 2.0 when it finally lands. Think about it. It doesn't matter. They can give you a ton of stuff right now. It doesn't matter. They know what's coming. They can be like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, you got lots of god rolls. Yeah, you, you can't possibly see a reason to ever need to go for another god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's adorable. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll see you in the summer. We'll see you in September. I, I don't I don't think they're going to be taken surprised by this. Um, <laughs> oh, whoops. We just kept... <laughs> we weren't paying attention. Somebody didn't carry the one. And they just have a ton of weapons now. They have a ton of god rolls. What the frick are we going to do? Let's just ignore Empyrean Foundation for a second. Sundial, as it exists, was kind of already doing that, right? Sundial was already doing that. Sundial was already giving us an unbelievable turnover rate of loot. So again, I don't think they're going to be surprised by this. I think, if anything, it gives... It, it's it's like it's like I'm you're feeling like the rumble there. You're like, oh, something's coming. There's something coming. Something's gonna happen here to really uproot what you think is the best gun and the best loot. I I can't I can't see that not being the result of this because there there's no real impetus to give us this many guns. You could make them now. Somebody might say, well, they want to give us lots of guns because the content's gonna go away and that's gonna be pros and cons, right? Somebody like, well, that's one of the cons of seasonal content. It's one of the negatives. They have to just dump the content, the the loot in our lap so nobody can complain about loot generosity or getting a god roll. And one of the negative side effects of that is we now have way too many guns and way too many god rolls. Somebody might look at it that way. I don't think so. I think 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 Bungie's got a plan in play. And so I'm not too concerned. They've done a pretty good job. Just think of that with armor. Look at how much armor. Think about this. Really think about this, okay? How long have you been playing Destiny 2? Okay, two years and some change, right? How much how much armor do you have in your inventory now from those early years? How much? Almost none. It's all gone. It's uh, We got rid of all of it. We didn't need it. Like that. Like that. They changed the system and like, and like water just rushing down the sidewalk and getting rid of all the leaves and all that trash. All of a sudden just... That one systematic change, and you didn't even really realize it. You got rid of all your armor that you had been chasing. It's all gone. 
they could do the same thing to your guns all of a sudden you're just like it's been a couple months are you guys using any guns from year one and two i'm not i'm not i'm using all this new stuff i guarantee you they've got something like that in place they got to there's got to be some form of like renewal to that system they did it with to the armor in one fell swoop they just came in and did it it's just you're nobody's using any armor from year one and two now they did the same thing with taking king well with taking king was different though Taken King, they basically locked everything in time. Like, everything pre-Taken King was basically not usable. You couldn't really do anything with it. You had to start using the new stuff. I'm saying they were able, with one systematic change to armor, they got you to let go, dismantle, and get rid of all of your armor from two years of gameplay. Just like that. Gone. They could do the same thing with the guns. And if they do it in a way where you feel like you're choosing it, that was the beauty of the armor choice. Man, they got you, and you didn't even know it. (laughs) You didn't even catch it. They got you. They got you to put everything in the shredder, and you're like, I didn't even think about that. He's right. I just got rid of all my stuff. I didn't even think about it. You still have someone that armor? I would say it's it's more common right now for most people that are considering having too many god rolls, like that type of a player, likely parted ways with almost all of their armor. So, Bungie's not stupid, man. I know people are like, yeah, they're listening. Bungie's listening. But they're clearly doing something right if they're netting a million players half a, half a decade into their dadgum franchise, okay? They're, they're doing something right. So they know. They're like, that's fine. That's fine, yeah. You, you can be Scrooge McDuck. You can swim. You can just swim in a loot, a loot pool of guns and god rolls. That is just fine. You go ahead. That's great. Oh, by the way, look at this thing we're doing to the weapon system. Isn't this cool? Yeah, yeah. You're going to want to get all this stuff. Yeah, you're not going to care. You're probably going to leave. You're probably going to leave all that other stuff behind. There, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do something like that in this, in September. So we spend the next two seasons getting a lot of new uh, perks, I would think. I would think we would spend a lot of the next two seasons getting a lot of new perks, maybe some new archetypes. We got that waveframe grenade launcher, okay? So new perks, some new archetypes, and then in September, they nuke the whole thing from orbit, and you're like, you're not even realizing, you're just slowly getting boiled in the water, and you're just getting rid of and and, and vaulting all of these old guns, because the new stuff is so much better and so much hotter. They did it with armor, I believe they can do it with guns. I think there's tons of room in the gun department, probably more room, if anything, for incentivization and loot drive than what they did with armor. Armor was was honestly just a lot of freedom. It wasn't even necessarily a huge change. It was just more freedom of moving things around. Swapping your mods around is actually really nice. I mean, look at what I did today, dude. You could not do this pre-Shadowkeep. Did you see the build I ran today? It was solar heavyweight. inside of the sundial and I ran xenophage because solar heavyweight makes this thing really strong it's actually not that bad of a weapon but with solar heavyweight it's just decimating everything okay and then I ran storm of lead which gives you super energy from machine gun kills and I ran heavy finisher so literally every kill I'm getting is feeding my super energy my super energy is feeding my heavy wonderful synergy between those two right there then I ran two machine gun scavengers two machine gun reserves and I ran heavy ammo finder I literally use the xenophage as my primary okay that wasn't possible pre-shadow keep you wouldn't have been able to run around with a gun like that and have such unbelievable ammo uptime 
to just basically like, no, I'm, I literally didn't pull out my other guns. I would pull out my patron of lost causes and like hip fire at a trash ad and then do a finisher on him to get heavy ammo back. I literally never ran out of ammo. Okay. That that's absurd in the history of the game <laughs> in the history of the game. I went into a brand new content loop with bosses and majors and champions. And I used an exotic machine gun as my primary and I never ran out of ammo. Why? Because of the freedom they gave us on the armor. So I, I don't know. There's so much potential for fun builds right now just from the armor. I think there's so many cool things that, that, that could potentially come out of big, big changes to the way that uh, g- you know guns drop and mods on guns and everything like that. Like, I don't even know if they've really cracked the surface of, of that, that, that customization. Um, so... Bravery. In the loading screen, why is the Imperian Foundation logo there? I don't think it's there. I, I don't. I, I think there's just elements that are simil- similarly, um, you know, in different places. I, I don't think so. I don't. I don't think that they're. I don't think they're using the. Uh, I don't think they're using the same the same logo. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, Healing Monk, I appreciate that you're coming here and you appreciate my my argumentation, and I have good arguments, but when you say Bungie or just a bunch of, and then you use the word retards, like that's, first of all, it's not a very pleasant word to use, and you basically just said an 800-person employee company with... With a, with a success one of the one of the, the one of the second most successful franchises in gaming history, okay. They had Halo and now they have Destiny. One of the one they've gotten two ridiculously successful franchises. To postulate that is it isn't even pot calling the kettle black, okay. You're like <laughs> you're oh my stream just dropped frames. Oh no, okay, but the stream didn't die. Something on Twitch just majorly hiccuped. So hopefully um, you guys are still here. Um, looks like it might still be happening. It's not on my end, I don't think. Let me check and make sure that Windows uh, update didn't turn itself on because periodically it likes to do that. Um, yeah, we had a we had a major hiccup there. Twitch did this to me the other day. No, Windows updates still still off. So that was just a um, that was just a slight slight hiccup in the frames. I'm not sure what that was. So Twitch just had a, a major blip. My internet's totally fine. So. We'll keep on pressing on. Uh, the the highlight will work still for the podcast, but yeah, using that level of, of insult for Bungie, I just don't think is helpful. Um, and honestly, I don't think you can. I, I honestly think you can you can prove it false. I don't think you could claim that they're unintelligent or stupid or to use your 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 nasty pejorative that you chose. Um, it just isn't helpful. If you like my argumentation, you like my my feedback. I'm giving you some right now. What you said is completely silly. Uh, and again, it's not even a pot calling the kettle black. Like you're literally like a dirty mess trying to call somebody else dirty. That's not like that. Your, your response is so lacking of intelligence. You can't attribute un- like a lack of intelligence to somebody else. Um, that's just, that's just utterly, uh, utterly silly. The one cool Chad strike specific loot and factions. Are they doable in D2? Uh, I think so, and I've outlined a lot of ideas on how to do this. I think uh, weapon drop boons would give you a reason to grind strikes. Um, so you would grab, it's not a weapon frame, you would grab a weapon drop boon from Zavala, and then that would increase the likelihood of that weapon dropping from bosses in strikes. That's a great reason to go and run strike playlist, right? You're, you're, you're getting those, uh, those things to drop. So... <clears throat> 
they would uh that would be a version of strike specific loot and then bringing back factions i have a whole video on this too i i do think that they could bring back factions and there's a variety of ways that they could do that the really the really craft too says in the middle of the tower obelisk is that the lighthouse or the tower i don't know man i know as well as i know as much as you do <laughs> i know as much as you do we're contributing billions to some community event and there's some hologram that's building in the tower i think it's kind of cool but i don't know what it is tk lotus uh, i'm doing the menagerie as we speak and there's something way more enjoyable about this than sundial any idea can consistently replicate this format it seems like every season they try and fail this is just too subjective man i think a lot of people have enjoyed sundial i really enjoyed sundial today when i leaned into the modifiers and i came up with a brand new build i had never played with before running around with the xenophage as my as my primary i, th- I thought it was cool i'd never played like that before i wasn't leaning on my super i wasn't leaning on my primary or my secondary i was literally doing a really really unique finisher driven ability driven armor min max driven heavy heavy build it was fun and so it's subjective here like i'll be honest with you i liked menagerie but i fell out of love with menagerie faster than sundial because menagerie was menagerie felt really long and i liked the boss fights but then heroic menagerie dropped and it was like there's no real reason to run it you know what i'm saying legend sundial was equally disappointing but at the very least it wasn't nearly as painful so this is subjective like i don't know why you enjoy menagerie more than sundial but for you to conclude that your difference of experience of like well i like menagerie more than sundial to conclude that they tried the season and failed that's a harsh conclusion and player base numbers seem to show that pve is still doing really really well so uh holy shadow what is the best energy legendary scout rifle? I don't have an answer for you. Probably the oxygen. Then that's that's the scouts are in a weird spot, and because when you use a kinetic scout, you get a you get a a better crit multiplier. Um, using an energy scout, they always feel kind of weak to me. So uh, I I like the oxygen for the dragonfly because it's it feels it feels kind of weak, but at least I'm getting like that nice explosion. Um, and I'm getting that uh, crowd control. Scouts are just in a really weird place right now. But I would gravitate towards the oxygen if someone was like, "You got to, uh, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to run an energy scout, Lono." Oh, okay. You know, I'll run one, and then I would have basically said, "I'll run. I'll probably run the oxygen." We had some bounties the one week with uh, with the the obelisk bounties. That, you know, that take a while. And one of the obelisk bounties had something to do with, I forget what it was, but I was running the oxygen and that that was, that was where I gravitated towards. Um, so Simon bold Lono with this event, do you think with the return of trials, Bungie will have dedicated servers? No. Uh, do you think uh, the banning of cheaters will be enough? The cheating, the cheating problem in Destiny is a question mark. It's a free-to-play game with no anti-cheat. I believe that's a recipe for disaster that we're seeing. We're seeing that play out. Um, I know they're banning people, but they ban people after like weeks of research. That's super slow on the response time. So anti-cheat and quicker response time to cheating, like a hundred percent, needs to happen. Second, dedicated servers is not a possibility. The infrastructure and the way that this is built. The background, the engine, all of that isn't built for dedicated servers, so you're not going to get it in in this version of Destiny. Maybe in the future, maybe in the future, but not now. So, 
to your other part though banning cheaters I, th- there are so many things we can talk about that would be defensive these are defenses they could put up you gotta buy the season you gotta grind the 950 you gotta do these quests and you can make it really hard to jump right back into trials so Johnny Cheatface gets banned and he wants to jump back into trials well he can't not very quickly at least he's gotta buy the season he's gotta grind the 950 that takes about 2-3 to three weeks then he's gotta do a 2-3 to three week quest so it could be a month before he jumps back in I think those are defensive ways to stop it. That's not preventative. Preventative is anti-cheat. That's what they had to do in Fortnite and Apex. Anytime you have a way to get the game for free and there's PvP, people are going to people are going to cheat. So, that th- anti-cheat is 100% necessary. And if they can't figure out anti-cheat, there's got to be something more automated. You just won seven games in a row and every team disconnected. That's really strange. You're on a 24-hour probation while we investigate your account. You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? How how is that not how is that not a thing? Right? How's that not a thing? I you know? I don't understand. I, I don't understand how that's not a thing. I don't know if they have the technology to do it though. So <clears throat> This guy, Healing Monk, you guys can just permanently ban him. I mean, he he's only got 25 messages in our chat, and they've almost all been today. They've almost all been today. Uh, he, he, he has been nothing but... Uh, uh, and I know what he's going to do. I know what he's going to do. In fact, I have, a, I have a hunch on who this person is. He's going to run to Twitter. He's going to run to the Bungie forums, and he's going to claim that we kick people out, and we, we're mean to people that don't agree. No, that's not true. You've just been in here throwing around insults and being rude to people, okay? We don't ban people that have different opinions. We ban douchebags with no self-awareness. So now we know what category that you're in since you're banned. So you can spin whatever false narrative you want. The one guy was claiming that I cussed him out and banned him. I was like, I have never cussed anybody out of my stream. It's a family-friendly stream. (laughs) Like... But again, you come in, you don't even know how to have an intelligent discussion and argument without insulting folks, and you get banned, and you want to go cry on the forums and Twitter like a baby. Uh, J-Dog. Is it too late to upgrade our obelisks to get to the max reward for the week, or will it take effect next week? I don't know if you're going to be able to generate enough Fractaline this week to get your obelisks up to 11. Max reward is relative, though, by the way. Your max reward and my max reward are different. Every square inch, right? Every square inch of Fractaline that you get should just be going into the planetary obelisks. That raises the amount you get every Tuesday. Um, But your max reward and my max reward are going to be different. Meeple's Academy. I heard rumors of a Sunday reset for obelisks. So do you know if I should grab my obelisk Fractaline gift on Saturday? Sunday or Monday night. I don't know. If you want to be safe and grab it on Saturday, probably a good call. We know this has happened before and it could happen again. I don't know. I'm not going to give you a a yes or a no. Might be a good idea. How much more are you really going to be able to generate on Sunday and Monday anyway? Like, what are you going to do? By then, you're going to be done with the bounties. You're probably going to be done with your sundial runs. So I would probably pull it on Saturday. Cassidy. 
Do you think Trials is going to be disappointing to the vocal minority regardless of how well or poorly it's implemented due to the current meta? I'm not ever really sure how you expect me to answer a question like this. So you want to know if I think there's going to be disappointment for the, to the vocal minority no matter how good Trials comes back. I have no idea. I mean, I, I think people will likely do what they always do. They'll play. They'll say they hate... They'll, they'll say that I hate this map every weekend. <laughs> they're like, I hate this map. Uh, save like one. Everybody has like one favorite map and every other map they hate. Uh, I say this in love, but they'll say I hate this map. Um, they'll complain about folks using stuff that they're probably using themselves. And... <laughs> And that's destiny, you know, that's PVP in a nutshell. <laughs> everybody, everybody apparently is as pure as the driven snow and they're using the good loadout and everybody else is using the cheesy crutch loadouts and every map sucks. <laughs> I say this with a little bit of truth. I'm trying to get a little jab in. I, that's just kind of how it always was in D1 and I kind of expect it to be very similar and it's it's probably better to laugh at those trends and 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 make light of them um because it it i think it's funny but it is i think it'll be that way i do though i do think i do think if they can land the right maps i do think people will enjoy it it's fun it's intense it's a unique experience in destiny's pvp you know get the right maps in there it can be a good time uh bit bit jagdash says what do you think about the seasonal ranking and how you can purchase your way up using 100 silver? I don't really care about that. I think seasonal ranking happens so easily that it's not a problem. Z dude, is there a way to farm Fractaline? I'm having trouble finding a way to do it. Not really. You can buy the skimmers and run playlist activities, and that's basically it. Uh, once you're out of bounties and you're out of skimmers, you're kind of done for the week. Niche King. What do you think is harder to pull off for the developers, bringing a brand new activity to the game like Prison of Elders in D1 and Menagerie in D2, or when they bring an activity back and renew it like with Trials? Well, a brand new activity, I think, is is harder. It's riskier. Look at Reckoning as an example. Look at Gambit and Gambit Prime as examples of, like, not super well-received content. There are people that like Gambit, but the the, the vast majority of, of the Destiny community does not interact with Gambit with any regularity. It's get it gets. Ri- think about this with me. Just think, okay. I'm not. I don't want to be too hard on Gambit. Everybody thinks I hate on Gambit too much, but just track with me here. Gambit is a match made activity, and it gets the same engagement as raids. And I think that is pretty significant to show that it doesn't. Re- it didn't really land on the community that well, because it. <laughs> I mean, come on. You need a full team for... You need six people non-match made to go run raids and raids and Gambit basically get, like, the same engagement. I would call that not great. That's not great engagement. <laughs> you can literally go push a button and you're just in Gambit and people are choosing to just not do that in large quantities. Um, so, I would say that's an example to say that new stuff's tough. It can go over poorly. People cannot like it. People can criticize it. 
uh, you know, and as Luke Smith said, sometimes they're placing multiple bets at once. They're developing content. Imagine, right? They developed Sundial, and whatever they're developing for Sundial, it might be really similar to what they do in the summer. And they're placing those bets at the same time. It's like, if people really don't dig Sundial, that's too bad because the stuff in summer is going to be really, really similar. Because that was kind of what happened with Reckoning. They were doing something brand new, and it was a huge departure from the weapon intentionality grind of Ada and her frames in the forges, and that was a simultaneous bet that they were placing. Well, hopefully this goes over well. We've never really done anything like this, and man, it crashed and burned. People are like, this is terrible. Last season was so good, you know? So yes, it's much harder, I think, to remake new. Because to repurpose something old that you know is good and that people liked is, I mean, that is, I would say that's, that's... easily seen to be something that wouldn't be as challenging anubis gaming if trials comes back do you think the lighthouse will be unique to flawless cards again or do you think we'll see a similar system to trials of the nine this is what i think they need to do i've been very 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 consistent on this right before rise of iron the bounty system in trials was the absolute best that they ever had a trial system set up because you were filling the game mode with folks like myself who were typically less likely to pay trials. So you're putting a lot of more of the casuals in the mid lanes in there, and that's good. A full funnel results in quicker matchmaking. A full funnel like that results in um, in ways of in ways of uh, not making the cards so sweaty, right? The cards aren't so sweaty, and the matchmaking's faster. And I can run the bounties, and I can get the loot. And if you go flawless, you get cooler versions of the loot. I think that was the best system because it's it, it, it solves a lot of those rough edges. If the only way to get the loot is to go flawless, then they can't make the loot that great. If they make the loot really great and the only way to get it's flawless, you're kind of got a rich get richer situation on your hands because the good teams are good and they're winning because they're better and you're handing better weapons to better players. <laughs> Yikes, that's kind of rough. That's kind of hard to deal with. So there's a lot of problems that I think get solved by the old system. The system that said bounties are there so you can get the loot. If you don't win, that's you know, you're still making some progress, you're still feeling a sense of reward, and the people that go flawless get better versions of the loot. And there was marginal differences, but there were differences enough to care. If they if they can't get that system right, I think out of necessity, you're either gonna have a devaluation of the loot or a devaluation of going flawless. You don't have to devalue going flawless. You don't have to devalue the flawless loot if a bounty system is in place and I can get trials loot that is marginally not as good, doesn't look as cool or something, it's down a peg from the flawless loot. Does that make sense? Because of necessity, if you don't do that, you're either going to make the loot way too good and tick people off or not that great and it de-incentivizes it, or you just devalue going flawless. Like Going flawless is not really any different than somebody that just manages to get seven wins. So, the bounty system pre-Rise of Iron where you could get the new loot, the armor and the guns, and then going flawless the stuff was cooler. I think is the exact right it's just there's just something really it's perfectly balanced as all things should be right there's something very balanced about that you could even go further you could even go further and you could say really 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 cool ornaments for the armor and the guns aren't even achievable if you don't go flawless so the guns and the armor look way different for those for the people that go flawless uh tiljo or tiljo what do you think of the season's armor mods 
do you think even the use of mods came from leveling the obelisks? The armor mods and the and the and the and the charge with light stuff, I actually think is kind of cool and creative. And I know there's some pretty wild builds that came from it, but there's no need. There's no content that presses in on me and really makes me feel the need to do any of that stuff. So I think a lot of people have ignored it, and that's called the uh, aspirational content problem. There is a, there is a problem right now in the game. I'm not going to overstate this because I don't think this is a this is like a the, the house is not on fire, but there's a giant vacancy in the game with respect to aspirational content. The aspirational content they did give us, the dungeon and the raid, the loot's like, eh, that's a problem. And then when you get beyond that, the aspirational content like 980 Nightfalls and 980 Nightmare Hunts, those are diminished and made easier by just playing and running bounties and making your artifacts stronger so you get beyond the delta. And then... The actual reason to grind those activities, like Nightfalls especially, to level up your armor, to min-max, to get all the good stuff, to make sure you're as strong as possible, there's no aspirational destination where you feel like you need to do that. So there's like, there are layers of problems to the aspirational content in Destiny. Unfortunately, you take all these layers and you can smash them down into one small slice. It's like that's a small slice of the community that's frustrated by that. So it's not a barn. It's not. It's not a not barn burner. It's not the. It's not a front burner issue. It's there. I'm acknowledging it, and I want to affirm people's frustrations with it. But the reality is, this is like this is over here. This is like pinned to the wall. Like a, we'll get to that. Sunfire. Earlier in the season, Cosmo stated that the world drop legendaries have a chance to drop 60 stats. What do you think Bungie should do for 60 plus stat armor? Man, you guys are touching on big complex problems that I don't want to get super down into the, like, the muck and the mire of it. I'm going to acknowledge that the armor pursuit is another thing they got to figure out. And people are like, this guy's just a Bungie apologist. I'm going to give them a little bit of a pass here. They added a whole new system to armor in Shadowkeep. They turned a bunch of knobs, and I think the result is ultimately really good things for the player. The, the example I just gave shortly ago, my build that I did in Sundial today, all those mods, all that synergy, and that fun that I had, that's the result of the armor 2.0 system. Is you can go and do some really cool builds and have experiences that you could never have in Destiny before. So I put that feather in their cap. I'm like, this is good. However, you guys turn so many knobs at once, some of these systems seems to be in conflict, and there doesn't seem to be any thought whatsoever with respect to like going for high stat armor I I run a dungeon I get a fully curated piece of armor that's got like 48 base stats that is just there's nothing else to call that that's just ludicrous what what why am I that that doesn't make any sense and the raid armor stats did not trend any better they the raid armor stats trended like mid 50s I was getting better drops from the season past this season and from public events again Keep, keep in mind, on the, front, on the front end of this, I put a feather in their cap. I was like, this is good. You guys did good. I like this. I like this update. But man, oh man, there was no thought given whatsoever to stat propensities in activities. Like, where's the stat propensity? I should be getting much better stat propensities in endgame content, whether it's the dungeon or the raid Garden of Salvation. Again, like I said, I'm giving them a pass on it. They turned 20 knobs at once, and one of the one of the bad results is, well, you don't really have a great place to go for high stat rolls. Eh, get over it. There's, you don't need to have high stat rolls for any of the content right now, anyway. So. The other problem I just mentioned a little bit ago with the aspirational content, right? There's no aspirational content where you need to min max. <laughs> that problem's kind of alleviating this one. It's like, eh, you don't really need to min max. Just chill out. 
you know, just enjoy the armor 2.0 and the freedom with the mods and have some fun with the builds while we kind of wait for them to sort some of this stuff out. You kind of have to let the dust settle. They made some pretty tectonic changes to the armor system, and because of that, it, it, it's not going to be perfect out of the box, you know. Yeah, you can token slam during Iron Banner if you want really good stats. Sandmanism. Are the goals for the Foundation tied to other endgame rewards aside from the suspected return trials? Not that we know of. Other than maybe Faction Rally or Prison of Elders returning because the data mine text said trials and more are returning. So, and more, it's like what else can return? Factions went away and Prison of Elders launched at the same time as trials. So, it's possible they come back at the same time. Joka, do you think Bungie should bring back the Dreadnought? I think they will. I think Luke Smith indicated that they're going to. It just got bumped in the order. I'm guessing September will be basically Taken Queen, where we finally face Savathun. Uh, that's just been that's been my guess for a while. I think it just got bumped in the order, but they do have plans to take us back to the Dreadnought. Remorse 91. You mentioned yesterday that you don't believe the Tower Obelisk and donating will go away even after we hit the goal. Uh, yeah, I, I, I still hold to that. While I'd like to see that, I don't know why they would leave the ability to donate in the game after the foundation is built. Can you explain why they would be the justification and why they would keep it? Sorry, long-winded. It's very, very simple. At a given time, there is something called a um, concurrent player base. Right? Right now, I have concurrent viewership. The number of people watching my channel is... 1,527. At the end of the day, I'll have a total view count, you know, 5,000 or 6,000 total new views, okay? Works very similarly in gaming. Right now, there are concurrent players in Destiny. At the moment, there's a current number of people playing, and there's a humongous number of people not playing, whether they're at work, school, sleeping, fill in the blank. If, in fact, there's some point in time next week, or whenever, where we hit the we hit the total, and Bungie's like, boom, guillotine comes down. No more donations. Okay, you are basically kicking dirt in the face of most of the player base, because all of a sudden you would wake up, or get home from work, or get home from school, and be like, ah, dude, I got so much fractaline, I haven't been able to play this week. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna start contributing. I'm gonna get all those god rolls, and you get told congratulations everybody we hit the goal so your fractaline's worthless to you now and you can't do anything with it there's literally no way they would do that there is no way there are way more people that would be frustrated and angered by that it wouldn't be good there's no reason to do that you would frustrate so many people the way people play this game right tuesday reset hits it's not like 10 million people descend on the game and play at that moment and do all their contributions so in a given day about a million people play okay by the end of a 7 day period I would say 3 to 5 million people probably unique logins a week if you're averaging a million a day it's not the same million every day it's also not 7 million like 7 million 7 days no it's probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 3 to 5 million unique players a week You would frustrate literally millions of players if you did that. There is absolutely no... That would be arguably one of the worst decisions that we could ever see them make. It's like, grind your fractal line, save up your fractal line, get ready to get a bunch of stuff from it, and whoop! 
pulling the rug out from under you. <laughs> we secretly didn't tell you what the final total was, and you hit it, and now you can't do anything with your fractal line. <laughs> Don't you want to buy the next season? No, like, people would be furious. Understandably furious. They want to end on a high note, and you end on a high note by letting people just cash in their fractal line and just keep getting rewards, you know? Coach, with the next question. What's up, Coach? Good to see you. Uh, I have seen many rumors and speculation that Destiny 3 may never come to pass. I'm so sick of those videos. Not sick of you, Coach. Um, oh, do you feel with somewhat success of the season pass and the content that developing more substantial seasons may be the goal for Bungie that other than developing Destiny 3? Okay. I'm not going to parse out Datto's video, and I'm not going to parse out M. Tashed and Cacus's points, because I didn't even watch that episode of Fireteam Chat. I just don't have time, okay? I, I got nothing but love for those guys, but I haven't I, I haven't watched those guys' contribution to the conversation, and I'm not going to parse out every jot and tittle of Datto's video. Here is my position on the Destiny 3 question, and I pr- probably should just make a video, because I, I think I can make a pretty strong case that Destiny 3 will happen. There's a sequence of events that have taken place that are unignorable. Number one, leaving Activision, okay? Leaving Activision is, I think, our, one of our biggest send-off points that Bungie has plans beyond Destiny 2. Because if they didn't have plans beyond Destiny 2, they would have just contri- continued and satisfied that contract and then been done with it. It was painful. Leaving Activision was not an easy decision. It was right. It was likely very scary and added a lot of uncertainty. Okay. Now, not only did they leave Activision, they put Luke Smith in charge of the franchise. That's sign number two that there is more coming beyond Destiny 2. Point number three, there's a vid doc with a dry erase board that has specked out to like year six Seven, okay year seven puts us into like 2024 literally there is no way their plan is to do seasonal content in destiny 2 for the next four years that is just that seems completely unlikely i don't i don't i don't see that okay so all of that all of that to me to me leads me to conclude these were moves and shifts they made in order to make sure destiny 3 could come to fruition Maybe not as soon as we would like it, but I don't think you would go through the trouble of shedding your publisher, shifting leadership, restructuring content, doing a director's cut, having a vid doc that shows you have a plan for all the way out to year seven. You wouldn't do all of that to be like, nah, we're just going to keep investing in Destiny 2. Yeah, all the way to 2024. There, it's That position is, to me, untenable. I can't see that. So sure, we can speculate and make videos and do podcasts, and I'm sure I'm I'm sure it gets lots of clicks. Like I didn't dislike. I mean, Dado had pretty sound logic. He was making his guesses and his speculations in relation to console saturation and new console sales, with how they went from the Xbox 360 to the Xbox One and the PS3 to the PS4, and how that transitioned to the PS5 and the new Xbox, and how that's going to play a part. And so I appreciated his input on it, but it's like there is literally no way they did all this just to plant their flag in Destiny 2 for the next. When they made this decision, keep in mind when they made this decision. That means they decided, yeah, for the next five years, dude, all Destiny 2. There's no way. There is no way. Coach says, just to be clear, I believe there will be a Destiny 3. I think they're waiting for the new consoles to settle and for them to be able to make the game they want and to update the power of the con to the power of the console. They can make it better on PC. They just need I agree with you, Coach. I do. I do. I think the observations and the speculation about oh, there might not be a Destiny 3. I just don't think it's founded. I, I don't think you can make a strong case. You just really can't make a strong case. They have done way too much. They've made way too many big decisions 
in addition that dry erase board i know that's not like written in stone but come on like they're not specking out and planning out into 2024 to just live in this game they're running out of space like they're literally if you if you really compare i I know people like you put bungee apologists if you really compare destiny 2 to destiny 1 this game is busting at the seams it's so big it's massive in comparison they're gonna they don't have enough space this game can't you can't live in d2 that long (laughs) you can't live in d2 that long there's just no there is not feasible it isn't i think I think they're going to keep this game they're going to keep this game on a nice rhythm that'll thin out and I believe Destiny 3 will probably land in 2022. That's my that's been that's been sort of my readjusted theory. I think we're I think we're going I think we're going around this merry-go-round two more times. Two more times. Big September release here. Go a year. Big September release 2021. Console saturations up. People shift to the new consoles, the new platforms. 2022, Destiny 3 lands. That's what I think. And what does that do? That gives you des- that gives you 2022, right? To 23 and to 24. That's two solid years for whatever game they decide to launch at that point. Um, so, I, it, it, at this point, because... We'd have to go around. Uh, we'd have to go around the merry-go-round two more times at that point, because September of 2020 and September of 2021, that would get us to September of 2022. So, I, um, and I know people are like, well, I mean, could they build the game in that amount of time? If they can, man, I'm telling you, if they outsourced building this game in another engine to another company at this time, and the dev tools and the engine can be more agile and more fast they'll they'll be able to make they'll be able to make the next game quicker and faster than the present game tiger so i i'm i'm not listen i'm not going to tell you um i'm not going to tell you yay or nay 100% but everything i just laid out i think is pretty strong argument that destiny 3 will happen cuz if 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 it wasn't going to happen why do any of that just finish the contract with activision and then be done I'm going to try to go really, really fast because there's so many questions left. Lick my toast. With trials coming, what are your thoughts on account recovery, paid recoveries impacting the experience? Is there anything that Bungie can do to limit this? Account recoveries and paid recoveries is not a problem. They're not normative. They're not substantive. There's not a ton of them. And if people are willing consumers to pay for somebody to take their account, you can't really stop consumers from buying something. I don't, I don't, I don't get too caught up into that. Cheating recoveries would be a problem because it would be like one anomalous trials card on a weekend. And that's why Bungie needs preventative anti-cheat. So somebody can't do that. Snipe, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Snipler Rifer. Uh, <laughs> Snipler Rifer. Uh, can you shift gears for a minute and talk about the distribution of guns between gun types, archetypes, elements? Realistically, how long can they release new guns that aren't too similar to old ones? I already kind of touched on this question saying that I do think there's something pretty significant coming where you're going to willingly shed a lot of your old guns and leave them behind. And that's kind of an answer to your question. Sweeps. Instead of pruning the loot pool, why not change something similar to how loot works in WoW? Not familiar with WoW, again, really related to the last question and my answers that I've already given. I do believe they could pull another armor chudado system where you willingly get rid of stuff. There are some subs I did not think. It has been so long. Oh my gosh, it's been an hour. I, I'm so sorry about this. Victor Mayhem with 11 months. 12 months from Dogopus. Hubby Chubby with 9 months. E-Man did it with 9 months. 32 months from Cover 2 and 700 bits from Speed Razor. I am sorry. Those are all really big, long-standing subs that I didn't call out. I don't have alert 
alerts on in this scene and they got they got passed over for over an hour i apologize i am sorry about that i don't like missing subs you guys understand though when i'm in this scene why some of that stuff gets glossed over and i know i know a lot of you guys are pretty understanding about that t-funk if they simplify planetary resources should they remove spider trading yeah, I don't know. I don't have a strong answer here in the yay or the nay. You could keep him and readjust him. You could get rid of him as, as a currency exchange. Um, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not going to land strong on this one. Turns 31. Twitch Jesus, longtime listener, first time caller. How many times can Bungie give us a new sundial mode and Eververse refresh as the main selling point each season without routine becoming monotonous? I'm worried this is the new form until the fall 2021. The game will dry up. Uh, player base numbers are, um, I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> the player base numbers are pretty much, I don't think, a, a cause for concern. If we were really, really low in the player base numbers, I would probably agree with you and say this isn't working. Uh, and, you know, there'd be cause for alarm. Uh, player base numbers are, are really, really stable. So I don't think that's true. Eververse reports are also showing that people are willingly spending lots of money in the Eververse. Um, so I'm not concerned at the time. I also don't think you're just going to get Sundial every time. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what next season holds, but I don't think it's going to be like a Sundial event every single time. They'll tweak it. But as we said a little bit ago, it's that's Destiny, right? A lot of Horde mode style content is Destiny. Uh, Hilly Heat. Is the Torchbearer Triumph based on the community hitting targets or us individually? I actually don't know the answer to that one. Robbie Ward. While the main part of the game seems pretty balanced, what weapons do you believe will cause issues once Trials of Osiris comes back? I don't have any predictions here. I really don't. I would assume I would assume some of the rental stuff we talked about might pose a problem because if you can look down a lane and get somebody like map somebody with backup plans so it's almost instantaneous, that would be a problem. I think some of the crazy sniper builds will be a problem because you can just hold lanes and hold dominance and never have to worry about ammo. So um Steam numbers weren't uh, weren't stable. We can look at Steam numbers now, and it's not promising. Yeah, I'm not worried about Steam because Steam numbers fluctuate all over the place. Destiny's been a top ten game since October, and Charlemagne is still showing roughly about a, a million players a day. So, what's happening on Steam is I believe the PvP numbers have been going down, and I think the largest portion of people leaving PvP are leaving on PC, and so I think you're seeing. Um, you're seeing a drop on Steam that feels dramatic, which is mostly attributed to PvP, which is also mostly attributed to a larger portion of PC PvP players leaving because of cheating. And I also think PvP players on PC tend to be more of the hardcore persuasion. So there's still, I, I still think player based numbers, if you compare them to past years, I've been looking at the player based numbers every year for almost every year that I've streamed this game. They've never been this stable. So. PvP is definitely not, but the overall total is still very good. But when you're seeing those big dramatic dips, a lot of that, a lot of that is influenced by the PvP numbers because PvP has been in a downward spiral. And that's like that's not really an indictment of the game or the seasonal structure because PvP is not really attached to the seasonal structure. Oh, Zinthar. If at all possible to compare the two, do you prefer the loot pool methodology of Sundial or Menagerie? Um, I like Sundial because I didn't like having to go get runes. The RNG of getting runes I didn't like in, in Menagerie. Domo, what game had better raids, D1 or D2? No contest, D1 raids. 
kick the snot out of D2 raids for a lot of reasons that I don't want to get into. Clean Slate, do you think that the new seasonal title uh, will require some sort of Trials Triumph? I don't have any idea. Uh, Studley, do you think that level 950 is too high of an entry point for Trials? I still see a lot of 930s or lower running around. Yeah, but they're probably 930 or lower because of what they have equipped. I don't know. I don't think it's that hard to hit 950. It really isn't. You just play and get drops. Um, and they could maybe streamline it a little bit, but make it to where it takes a couple weeks. Thankless work. Where do you sit on armor elemental infinity rerolling? My position has been that if I invest the resources to take armor up to level 10, I should be able to change the armor affinity one time at that point. Um, the, the Ledian. What's your take on people being unable to get max triumph score due to some triumphs that are worth points being removed? Being the being promised the ability to get max triumph score was nothing that they ever promised us. Niche King, would it hurt or benefit the game to bring back all the D1 raids to be playable in D2? I get this question all the time. That's a ton of bandwidth and a ton of time to dedicate to content that's played by a minority of the player base, and then it would also be criticized as reskin. I would love it. I would play them. I'd be excited, but I doubt it's ever going to happen. See money. Do you think there will ever be a place for a D1 remake on PC? Very related to the last question, probably unlikely, even though I would love it. Sacrificer, with the addition of the wave launchers, do you think that they'll have uh, arc void or elaborate elemental weapon perks? The arc one would be, uh, there's no need to read the rest of this one. Um, I hope so, but there's no way for me to speculate on this. I have no idea what we're getting. I would love it. Legendary trace rivals, more wave, wave, wave based uh, grenade launchers. All that would be dope. Uh, Jay Kerskine, thank you so much and Root Calvin, thank you so much for the resubs Milky says D2 Vanilla was so lauded for being so much bigger than D1 however, D2 Vanilla was massacred because of its lack of incentive amidst the content how do you see incentive being addressed in this season and going forward incentive to grind and variety of loot and loot pursuit right now is is like comparing the rock to a baby like Dwayne the Rock Johnson standing next to a baby like it's not even the same like the loot diversity the loot pursuit the guns uh, the the the, def- the differences in the roles that you can get i mean i, I it's so so different um d2 was just ugh, there was nothing there um there still is not a strong reason to get different armor sets i don't know if they're ever going to figure that out but by and large the the pursuit the pursuit of the guns and the pursuit of the loot is light years better than it ever was in D2. What reason is there to grind for any gun right now in D2? To what end are you grinding for the rolls? Again, this is such this is such a weak criticism. And you know I love you, Milky. But this is a weak criticism because there was no reason to do it in D1 either. We came off of the heels of D1 where we didn't need God roll grasp. We didn't need God roll anything. We didn't need tier 12 anything. But we did it anyway. Why? Because it was fun. And all that, all that, all that pursuit and all that uniqueness and all the differences between your god roll and my god roll and your armor setup and my armor setup, all that got squashed down into a static roll boring mess in D2. It's, it's just not even comparable. And to try to say it's comparable by saying, well, there's no real reason to grind for the loot. There's never been a reason to grind for the loot. You're grinding to grind. You've always been grinding to grind. You didn't need any of the gear. You didn't. I could run and I like listen when I played King's Fall Raid hard mode with challenge I changed my guns all the time why I didn't need to run a god roll I I didn't I I didn't need I needed any of that I would run Angel's Advocate I would run Treads Upon Stars I would run I would run whatever I wanted I I didn't need any of it I grinded because it was cool to chase 
There was no... When I got my God Roll Amago loop, I didn't need it. I had a palindrome that got the job done. When I got tier 12 built, it was exciting, but I didn't need it. I shaved, what, four seconds off my grenade timer? Come on. It didn't make any difference. And we've never... We, we've never had, ever, some overarching reasons to get a God Roll. Like... It, 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 it wasn't, it was never, it was never a thing in the game. Like, that's such a false uh, attribution is the word, I think. Like, you can't attribute D2's vanilla faults with like, oh, there was no reason to chase any of it. No, that's not really what was going on. D2 was, you got a better devils and I got a better devils and they were exactly the same. And you got the armor and I got the armor and it was exactly the same. Armor was only cosmetic and the guns were static rolled. Now, the armor has stats that are all over the place. You got intentionality over the mods, intentionality over your build. The gun rolls are dramatically different. There's all kind of different rolls to chase. People are chasing rolls completely different than the ones that I chase. I want demo dragonfly and there's people going for demo swash. There's people going for uh, other versions on the grenade launcher or the fusion that I was like, I don't want that. I like having auto load and uh, and uh, and demolitionist and other people are like well I like auto loading and rampage. There's so much more going on right now, and it's not about some destination where we're like I can now take myself and go there. Now I addressed this a little bit ago, and I did say there's a vacancy in aspirational content. There's no aspirational destination where you go and you feel that it's really tough and you really need to min max and you really need god rolls. I've conceded that point. That is absent. However, I don't think that's some overarching problem with the seasonal format. It isn't. You're getting more destiny and you're getting stuff to make yourself feel cool when you're playing like what I did earlier. That was really fun. I was running around with a xenophage and I was only using that. Why? Because of what I was able to do with my armor and my build. And there's been times that I've been running around with my martyr's retribution and, and constantly throwing it down and constantly throwing grenades. And that's been really fun. Like a lot of a lot of the times you're 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 going for the God rolls because it makes you feel cool, it makes you a sense of satisfaction, a sense of achievement, and it's a sense of personalization on your character. There's never, ever, ever, ever been a time, I've been so hard on this drum, there's never been a time where you were like, yes, I finally got a god roll gun and a level 12, a tier 12 build, now I can go do fill in the blank. The, the raids became easy to us, they always have. The end game content became familiar and 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 not challenging it's always been that way there has never been an aspirational content destination where you needed min maxed armor and god roll stuff if anything that's the grand irony there's actually more content like that now because until your artifact pushes you over the delta tell me tell me that you don't benefit from god rolls and good stats on your armor when you go run a 980 nightfall or a 980 nightmare hunt. Tell me. Try to tell me that when you're under the delta, your god roll and your stats and your build don't play a part because they freaking do. The artifacts lulling you into this idea that like we don't need god rolls. That's one of the biggest problems. If they had a contest modifier 980 nightmare hunt or a 980 nightfall where you couldn't be over leveled, we probably really wouldn't be having this conversation because you would know that god roll guns and good stats on armor would lead to greater efficiency in that content. So I've tried to concede that point, but I'm also pushing back on this notion that like, well, the po- the, co- the content's pointless because there's no reason to chase it. There's never been a reason. There hasn't been. You did it because you wanted to. It felt cool to get a god roll. It felt cool to have a trophy. But the parallel and the analogy I tried to give 
was with the little girl and the doll. If I could only get my daughter one present every year and I got her a doll, she would cherish it. She would it would be the best thing ever. It would be it would be her treasure, right? Cuz she did she wouldn't be she, that would be her only toy. Okay? That's what a God Roll Amago loop felt like. It felt like a it felt like a a doll in a, in a year of nothing. It was like this is the gun. This is the only gun I'm going to use. Now we're swimming in God Rolls so they feel like they don't matter. And we're and we're arriving I believe at a false conclusion like, well there's no point in chasing this stuff. There never was a reason to chase this stuff. It felt cool. It feels less cool because of the abundance of guns that you're getting and so you're now devaluing it and like, "Well, I don't need it." Even though it is cool and feels cool and handles cool and looks cool, none of that matters to you. You're like, "I got like 8 Oh, what? What'd you give me this year, Dad? Was that? A remote control car? I got nine of them behind me. Thanks. I'll add it to the collection. Right? You give a kid with no toys or he's never seen a remote control car before, you give him a remote control car, he's going to think it's the coolest thing ever. You give a remote control car to a kid with nine remote control cars, he's going to be like, "It's it's not that impressive. So when you get another god roll from Sundial, you're like, cool, I, I have a bunch of these already. People argued tooth and nail with me about, let us keep our guns. Don't you dare take my guns away from me, Lono. And now, what's everybody saying? I don't care. I don't care about any of the god rolls. I don't care to chase any of these guns. I already have a bunch of guns. Gee, that sounds so familiar. Isn't that what Lono said? If you constantly let us keep our god rolls and keep our gear for forever, it's going to dilute loot incentive. And it's happening. People are like, there's no, I don't need to chase anything. I've got amazing gear. Yep. And I told you that was going to happen. And people fought me on it. They're like, no, no, you can't reset us. You can't take our loot away. You can't, you can't diminish what we've chased. So you got stuff, you got freaking got stuff from year one. You got, you got freaking can't even talk. You got Eichelos shotgun. You got midnight. You got all these guns and you're now swimming in loot that you're clutching white knuckled. You never wanted to take it away from you. And that's the same reason that you're not chasing anything. It's not that we have so much loot. It's the loot isn't very good. (laughs) It's just not true. That is not true. If you compare just this scout, osmosis and rapid hit and stability and appended mag, compare this to like the scouts of D1. This thing is great. It's a great gun, but it's standing next to like eight other god rolls. I got a great spiteful fang. Uh, I got this great old fashioned. I got a breakneck. I got. Oh, let's see what else do I got. I got a great reckless oracle. I got a. I, it's not in my inventory right now. I got a god roll jack queen king. It's, it's not that the guns aren't good. They actually are good. You have so many. And nobody listened to me. I was like, guys, you don't want to keep your guns for forever. Because I'm telling you right now, it dilutes loot incentive when you're holding god rolls behind you. They can only do so much per archetype. They can only do so much per gun to make them cool. But is the scout worth using? Scouts have no lane in the game. Now you're changing categories and subjects. That's not what I was talking about. I get where you're coming from, Lono. I don't know what made last season so fun and this season so dreadfully boring. If it wasn't a difference in the incentive, I'll have to think on that more. I I, I don't know. Some of it's subjective too, Milky. Like, I think we played a lot in Shadowkeep, and I think Sundial, uh, Season of Dawn just landed, and people were just kind of like, yeah, I, I chased guns a lot last season. You know, I, 
again, I just feel like we arrive at the at a, at a at a conclusion that's not founded in reality. It's like these guns are actually great, and it's not that the guns aren't great. It's not that the guns aren't strong. We don't need them. We never did. The difference is now is you have so how many god roll hand cannons do you have? How many? Try and count them. Try to. If you're a hardcore player, how many god roll hand cannons do you have? Well, I got a kindled orchid. I got a jack queen king. Uh, I got an Ostringer, uh, I got a warden's law. I got, and I know I'm missing some. I'm just talking hand cannons right now, by the way. Just hand cannons, and I've already gotten to like five. Yeah, people that have a good spare rations. Get the frick out of here! Like I'm just talking hand cannons, and I'm already like five. Yeah, I've got a god roll service revolver that I don't even touch. Just in hand cannons. I got a good, oh, I got a good old fashioned. I just got a good old fashioned this season. I just got another one. I've got a god roll nation of beasts. I've got the midnight coup. That's always a god roll, right? Uh, are there any that I'm missing? Let me see if there's any that I'm missing. I have a god roll trust. I have a great trust. I have a rabbit fire dragonfly trust. I don't know. I don't use. I have a god roll ancient gospel. We forgot about that one. I'm not, I'm not using it. We're just in hand cannons. I actually have a really good optative. Don't you see? <laughs> Don't you see? It's not a matter of quality. It's quantity. Just in hand cannons alone, I have probably, I think we just outlined almost 10. Almost 10 god roll hand cannons. What did I have in Destiny 1? I had the Imago loop. And I did have a palindrome. I didn't like the way that it looked. I thought it looked like a toy. And you couldn't put shaders on them back then. And then I had the Imago loop. That was it. The hand cannon from Wrath wasn't very good. And there weren't any really other great hand cannons that I liked using in PvE. And I wasn't going to try and farm from a Lunas, for a Lunas Howl or a Devil You Know or anything like that. I wasn't going to. It was too, it was the, there was no loot intentionality for those. You see? Really, go back and look at my Imago loop and compare it to the 10 hand cannons that we just listed. They are all at the level of my God Roll Imago loop, or maybe even higher. Maybe higher. <laughs> and <laughs> and we're like, all oh, the loot sucks. No, it doesn't. You just have 10 God Rolls of one gun type. We didn't even look at the other gun types. We just looked at hand cannons. People, nobody realizes, I'm telling you, I, I don't like doing the I told you so I was right thing, but I tried to warn folks. I was like, you guys that are refusing to allow, and this isn't necessarily like you held a gun to Bungie's head and were like, don't take our guns away. Bungie knows what the community wants, right? I tried to warn folks. I was like, if there's not a yearly to like, I don't know, every year and a half sort of loot prune here where you have to let go of your old stuff, it's going to hurt loot incentivization. And I believe those chickens are coming home to roost. Finally, people are starting to see maybe he was right. I, I, I don't care about any of the new stuff. I have so many god rolls. And what what do you honestly expect them to do? Within the realm of a hand cannon, how right now would you propose Bungie make a hand cannon better than any of the god rolls in your loot? T- try to come up, come up with it. It's not You're going to have a really hard time. What are you going to do? You can make it stronger, you can make it reload faster, you can make it shoot faster, you can make it shoot farther. You're going to build something that's absurd. You're going to build a broken weapon. 
There's only so much they can do within an archetype of a gun that shoots so fast, shoots so far, and reloads, reloads so quickly and does so much damage. There's only so many different amalgamations and iterations of that gun that they can make that are interesting before they're like, yeah, we've kind of made them all, and you have like 10 of them already. I, I'm telling you, I tried to be, I tried to be the, the prophet wandering out and being like, this is not the way. You don't want to hold on to your guns for forever. I know it's hard to believe, but this is going to bloat the loot pool and you are not going to want to chase new guns when you already have tons of god rolls in your inventory. And here we sit in a ball pit, a Scrooge McDuck vault of guns, and we're like, I don't really care about chasing guns. Gee, I wonder why. You're literally swimming in them. (laughs) You are swimming in them. So... Rewind back to what I said earlier. Rewind all the way back to where I said they did it with Armor 2.0. Right now, there's two years worth of armor that you just turned into dust. Everything pre-Armor 2.0, you willingly just shed and got rid of. And I believe, I believe that Bungie can do that. They can come up with something that does that where you willingly are like, oh man, this new stuff's way better. And you put all the the old stuff down and you suddenly care about the new. I think we can have a weapons 2.0 moment. I believe that they can do it. I believe that they can do it. But I think, as I said pre-Shadowkeep, the question is not, can Bungie make fun content? They make fun content. Can Bungie make cool loot? They make cool loot. The Saint-14 weapons are freaking awesome looking. Okay? The question is always, always i always said this scalability can they scale it if you chase a bunch of stuff for three months and you get god rolls and you get dope stuff what will they do next season that's interesting enough for you to chase they can't suddenly devalue everything you just earned hey all that stuff you got in shadow keep it sucks now here's the new stuff they can't do that they also can't be like hey all that stuff you got in shadow keep here's a bunch of stuff that's basically uh, equal to it and not that much better they can't do that they have to incentivize you to chase the new while honoring the old and it's really really hard to do that and it gets more and more and more challenging to do that every season when you're clutching your ninth and 10th and 11 hand cannon you're like carrying them all like this like whoo wow I got like 10 look at all these can you see these look at this whoo they're kind of heavy I got like 10 god roll hand cannons okay alright Bungie what do you got you got any more? You got any more good hand cannons back there? No, nothing better than this? Oh, come on! It's unbelievable! I don't believe it! I'm holding 10 god roll hand cannons and you have no more back there? What is this? Like, that's that's why it gets so unreasonable. It's like, come on! Come on! Where they're never... They're, they can't keep giving you. They can't keep doing it. They have to prune... I told people, it's like they're gonna have to prune the rose bush. They're gonna have to. So the real trick is gonna be... The real trick is going to be convincing you to do it so you willingly choose to do it. Nobody right now is like, oh my gosh, can you believe we dismantled all that armor from the first two years? Nobody's saying that. Why? Because you willingly chose to do it because the new armor system was so significantly better. You didn't give it a second thought. They're going to have to do that with the guns. They're going to have to do that with the guns. They're going to have to convince you that, yeah, you think that Ostringer's dope. You think that hand cannon's dope. You ain't seen nothing yet. Like, this new system is so much better. They're going to have to do that, where you willingly are like, just throwing the old guns over your shoulder and chasing the new. They, they, if they can't if they can't figure that out, th- there is literally no way. How do you think this loophole is going to survive for another, t- another 18 months? How? Please tell me how. Holy moly. 
it's so full. <laughs> it's so full. What are you going to do in 18 months? <laughs> How many more hand cannons could you possibly chase? <laughs> I mean, I'm get, I'm getting passionate, but I'm also kind of laughing at it. Like I, I, <laughs> I told folks, I told folks we were just going to happen and nobody listened to me. <laughs> They're like, no, 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 you're not taking our guns from us. I was like, okay, all right. It's going to kill loot incentive. Well, and now everybody's like, there's no reason to chase any of this stuff. I already have God rolls. It's like, man, that sounds so familiar. That's, that, that's crazy. That sounds like something I said like a year ago. That is, that is wild. <laughs> that is wild that you're saying that. So, um... I, I won't chase uh, new ones because they took my old ones. Uh, that will make me quit the game. No, I don't think you're going to take them from you, Eugene. Like I said, the trick is doing it like they did it with the armor. You're going to willingly do it. You're not going to think about it. We willingly just discarded all of our old armor. We're like, I get it out of here. <laughs> get it, just get it out. They, I think they can, they're, they're going to have to figure out how to do that with the guns. W- get you to willingly, right? Like Willingly, willingly toss those guns over your shoulder. <laughs> make better ones. Yeah, just make better hand cannons than all the, the 10 I already have. <laughs> Setsu Bun. Do you think Trials will have no radar? No, I don't think so. Aiden Bow. Is there a chance we'll ever see another element instead of Ark? No, it's woven into the lore. Uh, what better? What's a better game than D1 or D2? There's no point answering that. Do you care about looking good or using armor with the best perks? Bit of both worlds. That's why I like the, 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 the low-level transmog system we have now. King Dane. Uh, this is the way Desi... Uh, this is way... Desi needs to be better in Div 2 Anthem Godfall looter play not a question last question from FitDoc thoughts on Crimson Days loot or lack of I'm not going to get super critical about a free event um, I think it. I think they could afford to do one gun per event a gun that was already there cool bring it back give people the option of getting it like they did with the, uh, the Sparrow in the Dawning you can't do one new gun just one you know so bringing back the vow again was is fine but doing another one i think would have been a better call one gun per free event i'm not i'm not going to rake them over the coals on this we'll go dare you not give us a new gun in this completely free event that costs no money i'm not going to do that but at the same time it's like uh, one gun come on you guys couldn't come up with something you know come on throw throw a bone you know, in the, in the in the pool of the of the free events, I get why they're probably not doing that because people are like, "Could we get more loot? Could we get more stuff in the paid content?" You're putting a gun in 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 this and a gun in that. That's free stuff. You know, it, they they got to straddle that line. It's kind of hard. I I I don't think people would get upset about one gun though. You know, it's just one. Like, hey, it's one gun. It's a free event. We can all chase it. Instead of it being like, yeah, it's the same one from last year. So I'm not, but again, I'm not going to get super, super dogmatic on that because it's a free event and it's just like, it's a week long thing just to kind of like, yay, Valentine's Day, haha, doubles, and then get a sparrow that's red with pretty lights on it. Then that's kind of it. So. This was a long one, and this was a fiery one. Great discussion. Appreciate you guys supporting it. I'm going to keep streaming. If you've enjoyed this content, please click the follow button. That supports me. Uh, that makes sure that you don't miss streams, especially if you turn on notifications. If you're listening in the other locations, I'll do a little outro here. You can always catch me live. Or, as always, I ask you at the end, please like, share, and subscribe.